This show is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. Stress shows up in a lot of ways. Teeth grinding, digestive issues, lack of sleep, and more. Sound familiar? Visit BetterHelp.com allies and find ways to lower your stress. Hello, welcome to the Easy Allies Podcast. I'm Daniel Bloodworth, coming to you from Los Angeles, California. This week, I am joined by Bradley Ellis. Hello. Michael Damiani. Yo. And in the control room, Isla Hink. Yo. Don Casanova. Yo. And Gabby Montoot's back there as well. Hello. She, she gives a peace sign. Nice. Uh, friends, we're here to discuss some of the biggest headlines in video games this week. Uh, we've got hyenas on the prowl. Tony Hawk is bummed out. Uh, there's some intriguing new info uh, for both Xenoblade Chronicles 3 and Final Fantasy 16. Uh, but before we do that, we must answer for the mistakes we made in the last episode. Isla, begin corrections music, please. Boop. Uh, while the PlayStation blog does say that refreshes will occur twice monthly to the catalog, uh, it later clarifies by saying one refresh will be the normal PS Plus monthly games, oh. and the other will be the extra premium games okay. uh, in the middle of the month. Uh, so basically, mm-hmm. it's basically being refreshed once a month. Yep. Okay. Uh, when we were discussing the Dragon's Dogma presentation, Huber recounted the background information uh, that Capcom was sharing about Cyclopses. However, the correct pluralization of Cyclops is Cyclopes. No one says that, though. <laughs> no one he says talks that. like that. Generally, both are acceptable in situations like that, like octopi, octopuses. Like Octopi <laughs> is more correct, but since everyone's been wrong long enough, everyone's just like, fine. That's language, man. It's like, ever-evolving. Yeah, like it's fish and fishes. so weird. Uh, and if you have a correction... Uh, leave it in the YouTube comments on either the public version or the patron version. Uh, use the word correction so I find it in search and then put the timestamps on there uh, so I can go back and see the moment that you're correcting and uh, go from there. And corrections music. All right, our first headline is a bit of a personal one. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have not potentially seen it, or even if you have, uh, just want to make sure everybody's up to speed uh, that this week, uh, Ben Moore has announced that his last day at Easy Allies will be July 1st. Um, you can find uh, his own personal statements uh, at the beginning of Hall of Greats, as well as uh, on our Patreon. He's got a, a little, little blog post that he wrote up. Uh, but he's basically uh, moving uh, back to Iowa to be with family because his wife got a new job. We just found out Monday. We've been scrambling uh, to figure out, like, okay, uh, what what does that mean for what we're doing? Uh, but I think at this point we can say uh, that Brad, you're mm-hmm. going to be basically leading up Frame Trap. Yep, that's right. We will I'll be taking it over as the host more likely, but we're still figuring out some stuff. But the sweet game talk will continue, so fear not. Yeah, and Damiani is assisting mm-hmm. one way or another. Yep. Yeah. So we're we're spitballing right now. We're figuring stuff out, but yeah. Yeah, and so sort of similarly, once we get the details kind of locked mm-hmm. in, um, and we'll probably you know have to navigate as, as we get, yep, get exactly. up to speed, but we'll, we'll have like a like a more like official announcement about that. Uh, but just so you know, Frame Trap is not going away. 
and we wish all the best to Ben, and we will see him for his last episode on this desk uh, next week. Brad, what do you know about hyenas? Uh, they're scavengers, mostly. <laughs> right? Close. <laughs> you're you're kind of close. Yeah. Kind of close. They can chew up bone, and they have white poop because of it. Oh, um, really? I did not yeah. know that. Is that like guano? Like that stuff from <laughs> like Ace Ventura? I mean, I think guano can be applied to any kind of poop, but it's mostly about bats. Ace Ventura 2 invented guano, didn't you? It did. It did. But they specifically mined guano. On, oh. Yeah. That's mm. what, yeah. Okay. Uh, and guano, I think bird guano poop. Yeah. of the mind? Mind guano? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. They used oh. it as uh, some kind of mineral resource. Forget why. In uh, Ace Ventura? <laughs> Is that what you're talking about? No. <laughs> talking about real life, real so, history. Hyenas, a game about hyenas, right? It's not. I know. Uh, hyenas <laughs> is a game. <laughs> uh, it was revealed on IGN's uh, stream uh, earlier this week. Uh, it is from the Alien Isolation team at Creative mm-hmm. Assembly, which is a, mm-hmm. a big, big shift, big 180 there. Um, and it is a fast-paced multiplayer FPS that casts players as anti-hero pirates stealing from the mega-rich. Each match, hosts, each match hosts 15 players split up into five teams of three, and those teams compete to steal treasures from a spaceship and escape with the biggest pile of loot. Yeah, they said it was PvE, PvP, one of those games. Right. it's going to be PvE on the map action. You'll be fighting for treasure. Yeah. Oh, I kind of think of it like the man. division, maybe, in a way. Yeah, maybe, yeah. Division, yeah. more like, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you're trying to get the resources. It's like, you're going to fight other people, but you're really yeah, trying yeah, to fight yeah. to, you know, get the stuff and get out. Yeah, I mean, it, quite a departure from their last game. When I know a lot of people really love that game. I've never played it, but I'm kind of surprised, but I guess not. It sounds kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Hard for me to get really excited about another multiplayer game right now, but... It's I'm pretty curious. bright and colorful, but also kind of gritty in the sure. same time. <laughs> bright yeah. colorful and gritty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah. The like, guy with a Richard Nixon mask. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> There's another guy that's like always wearing a, a like a VR helmet. Uh, VR. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and it's and it's weird because they say that like he's he thinks he is a gamer or something. They describe him really strangely. And it's like, it, it sounds a, like he's going to break they, the fourth wall. Are they bit. just like watchdog characters? Like, I don't understand. Yeah, there's girls in, in like dresses. Like, okay. every one of them is, is kind of weird you and eccentric. Got, yeah. You got, it's the classic stable of like unique video game characters. Characters. You got the girl who's Jinx from League of Legends. You got, <laughs> oh, you got the lady who's kind of like a grandma with glasses. You got the like big guy. You know? It's just okay. like, I guess, mm. yeah, that, that's the thing. Well, premise wise, that sounds kind of interesting, like, you know, five teams vying for, like, the biggest score and who survives getting it out. Uh, visual design of it just looks very samey to mm-hmm. a lot of other, like, other things out there. And mm-hmm. then the trailer presented for it just didn't, I don't know, it didn't set itself apart just from, like, the trailer. Like, hearing the description makes it sound a little bit more interesting, but yeah. I well, feel... Well, you saw, too, like, one of the, when they talked about loot, like, they showed, like, a... A Sonic the Hedgehog statuette. Yeah, <laughs> like, you're gonna be stealing Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah. Cool. Another, yeah, like it might, I think the game might be fun and play well, but mm-hmm. I think it's, it speaks more to like the challenge that, especially these types of games, multiplayer games, especially yeah. Yeah. of standing out mm-hmm. and conveying that message in a short one to two minute trailer. It's just such a up, feels like such an uphill battle. Yeah, multiplayer games are. Yeah, 
And You're always fighting for time. And so many things lately have just had like things attributed to bad marketing in probably the last six to 12 months about games. Mm. It's like they release, they seem way better and when people get their hands on it versus what the trailers were seeing. Right. So I don't know what's going on lately. Do you feel like this has been like a long-term thing? Because I know trailers have been misleading before, but man, it feels like lately that we're getting a lot of trailers that just feel like they are just underrepresenting the game. Like Sonic Frontiers oh, sure. is yeah. another one. Back with Guardians last year. It's like, wh- I don't know what's going on. I think this trailer yeah. is all right in terms of like selling what it is. Like like I said, it's got the goofy side, but it also has sort of like a darker edge to it. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I do wonder if a game like this just needs to skip to the to the meat, like show people a match. Sure, show people yeah. c- characters. Yeah, I think in, in gameplay, a multiplayer game. If yeah. no one has seen your game before and it's a new IP or something like that, it's always a good idea to show what the game actually is a little bit. Mm-hmm. But there's uh, there's a couple of interesting twists to it. One of them oh, is um, that because you're in space, there are, there are elements of zero gravity. That could be fun. Um, All right. And yeah. so you'll be like shooting and navigating in zero g, um, and then there will be certain points. Uh, where like players can like flip the gravity on and off, mm-hmm. and nice. so that can play into strategy and the maps. Uh, and they also said that in those places you have options of also using um, like magnetic boots. Uh, so so you can choose to like freely flow around mm-hmm. in space or to like walk on like the surfaces. Yo, one of the best use of magnetic boots in media for mm-hmm. like zero gravity fight. Uh, Star Trek. Uh, Star Trek. Uh, uh, was it uh, four or five? The one where the, they go on the Klingon ship, mm. and the assassins like use they disable the gravity and they go through there, and it's like s- sick. So if you can convey like zero gravity fights like that and stuff, where you get the technical advantage, like shoot someone, you see like the blood floating and stuff, and zero <laughs> gravity and stuff. Yeah, yeah, that'd be kind of cool. Uh, to me, it's just gonna be about the longevity the of this game, six, sorry, yeah, and keeping people coming back for it. I didn't see, did they talk about its modeling, like how it's going to structure content coming out or payment or anything like that? Yeah, that I haven't really seen too much of. They talked about the map sizes, because uh, they say they're, they're larger than your typical PvP map, but right. they didn't want to go full like Battle Royale scale. Right, yeah, that could uh, be really big. Yeah, so they wanted to if there's multiple have something maps, in between. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They talked about three kind of class character types. They said like engage, evade, and exploit. So engage characters are more action-focused. Evade heroes are focused on nimble movement and occasionally stealth. And then exploit characters, meanwhile, have are like hackers and support characters. Mm, okay. Um, there's one. Um, there's one guy who uh, Commander Wright is an astronaut, and he has like a foam gun uh, that I thought was pretty interesting because it's like you can like create almost like walkways or you can create barricades oh, like, that's get cool. covered to get behind. Yeah, that's cool. Um, and platforms to climb on. Mm-hmm. Oh, foam. Yeah. That phone? Like, oh, phone sorry. For a second. Oh, no. spray, I spray, remember spray the tra- foam, I was, yeah. I was remembering yeah. the trail. I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember the shot now. But how a phone going would be pretty sick. <laughs> eh. Just shoots phones at people? Just shoots FaceTime at people? Oh, here's a description people. of that other character. Doc Hotfix is a gamer who believes he's a character in a game. Ah, uh, yes. And Those, then offered yes. some fourth-wall-breaking commentary. Too um, cute? <laughs> Too cute. Not for me, but a lot of people like that stuff, so... Yeah, it's like... It's probably not a bad idea. Bit of a challenge for the writer who has to write that. <laughs> I just wonder, because it's weird to me, because at first I thought, like, oh, they're so 
different looking because mm-hmm. of cosmetics and things that players are going to buy or whatever. But when they talk about them as these defined characters, <laughs> I don't believe anyone that says that about it, any of their games. That they say that about every game. To me. <laughs> they yeah. say that about every any game with different characters. They always say that stuff. Mm-hmm. That means nothing. So, but I think things like the foam gun, like that seems like yes, a unique. What I'm talking about, like the personality of their characters or whatever, it's just like okay. You know, oh. every game says that. I guess it's not yeah. special. But I don't know. Yeah, like yeah, they all do that. I mean, after seeing uh, so many of Alexander Zirinov's uh, Apex Legends videos, like Mini Showcase, man, like feels oh, yeah. like feels hard to top like like th- that level of like detail and stuff. So I mean, I know it's important to a lot of people. It is it's when it complements their gameplay yeah, and it gives it, it stuff. But it's like, do you trust this to like go to that level of detail? Yeah, yeah. Or I mean, just like writing out a paragraph. I mean, it, oh, here's our character. It could be. Yeah, yeah, it could be really great. We have no idea, but like, but I think Apex is a good example. Of you know something like to go for you know sure no oh, yeah it's very successful like, you know characters that feel mechanically different mm-hmm. uh, and with them having these different roles and hopefully that that will you know because it's yeah like I wonder like how something like this like is this like a lighter like more fun Rainbow Six Siege like how is this all gonna like play yeah out? it's hard to say yeah. Yeah, I mean, just every multiplayer game, I worry about its longevity because it's rough out there and there's a lot of competition. It seems like Battle Royals are kind of the... They're not new or anything, but they're still very popular. And, like, there's a few, like, spaces, like uh, Dead by Daylight is a multiplayer game that's really huge. So there, it could succeed. I just don't really ever expect them to, but... Right. What do you think about that dynamic of... The three teams five of five? Teams, five teams of three. Five teams of three. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, I thought it was the other way around. I thought it was three teams of five. Yeah, somehow I got that in my head, too. I think that's yeah. better, actually, Bloodworth. Yeah. It's three players. I think that's much better. And like you said, that does make more sense. You brought up Apex. I think it, it's a that is a proven number to work mm-hmm. for multiplayer co-op games. So, yeah, it could be really interesting. It just depends how fun you know the gameplay is and how much your role feels vital to each thing you're doing. Like, if one character you're saying is like really good at maybe retrieving something and running out you can players can really fit into a role of their characters like we all know Huber's going to be the the damage enforcer character or something like that blood I could see being like the hacker kind of guy could be cool definitely need to see more but like every multiplayer game it's all about how it's handled post-release and how it goes on from there yeah what do you think about this team making this game does that feel weird to you? This alien isolation, slow. It, yeah, I mean, it, it's like super different from what they usually do, and you see a lot of studios kind of, you know, stick to the thing they've been doing for a little bit. But I think if they were really excited about it, they could do something really cool. I think it's really important that they understand what they're doing, and it's hard to say without seeing it and playing it. But if they're really excited about, it, I think that's super important. Yeah, I think. Capable studios. That's one of the things they have to do is be yep. able to be adapted. You yep. can't just be like you a one trick pony forever. forever. Probably forever. I mean, the, like, well, you, you can, can some extent. You, you, like, yeah, sometimes it's okay, you can, and sometimes it works. But I mean, sometimes your parent company will demand more yeah. of you. I mean, look who to who's uh, making the newest Fable and what their like right. history is. It's like you something, mm-hmm. or even like looking at. I know they're not all the same personnel, but even like Retro Studios and Nintendo, like going from Metroid Prime trilogy to Donkey Kong right. <laughs> platforming trilogy, side school. It's like this. 
some company, like some of the studios really are that talented. It can do that. So, you know, I wouldn't, you know, write this off just because of the premise of the game. It's a different type of game. Mm-hmm. So drastic from Alien Isolation. But I can see how people could be a little bit bummed out, hoping. They were nice. But it also yeah. doesn't rule out that they might nope. not at some point work not, on that. Yep. I know it's a multiplayer game. and People think, oh, that's longevity. They're going to need to support it. But you never know. You know, they can yep. work on multiple things at mm-hmm. once. We'll see. Yeah, I'm curious about it. So keeping an eye on it, I guess. Yeah. I'm sure Hugh will be down to do some heists or whatever. Mm-hmm. His speed. <laughs> uh, I'm also curious, you know, what's the silly things that they showed for loot? Like, mm-hmm. What is going to end up in there? Yeah, that could be really fun. And yeah. when you end up, you know, if it's going to be, like, stuff that's that visually, you know. Distinct. Distinct, that, like, where you have, like, a hideout where you, you have, like, shelves yeah. of, of your loot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are we going to, like, loot a xenomorph statue or something? <laughs> yes. There you go. Uh, we have a really weird <laughs> case of something being revealed. Uh, according to Tony Hawk himself, the Birdman, yeah, yeah. on a live stream. Heck yeah! It seemed like he was just audio only. I think even too. Oh okay. If I remember from the clip correctly. I could, the best way. That could be a correction right there. Um, because I, I forget whose live stream he was on. I, I should have noted that down, but sorry. Uh, but yeah, so basically. Uh, Tony Hawk 3 plus 4 were in the works after 1 and 2, mm-hmm. especially after 1 and 2 were doing so well. But because Activision decided to fold Vicarious Visions into Blizzard, that is now not happening. The case, yeah. And the basic, the way he kind of laid out is that um, I, I don't know why they couldn't have just still worked on it and been, you know, put Blizzard on the box, but whatever. But Activision had other developers give them pitches, mm-hmm. uh, but they didn't like any of them as much as what Dang. had been done in the past, right. so they just dropped it. I um, I wonder if Vicarious Visions is kind of like, they're all hands on deck on Diablo 4 or something mm-hmm. to help get that out, because that game's been in development for so, so long, and they did uh, Resurrected, which was good, what I played of it, so I wouldn't be surprised if they're helping out on that. Doesn't mean they can't go back to this blood yeah. down the line, but I really wouldn't expect them to. I feel like they're just going to be assisting Blizzard here for a long time. Yeah. Personally, this one feels a little bit more bad because Tony Hawk Pro Skater 3 is the first one I dove into uh, for GameCube. Yeah. GameCube launched one of the first games I got. Played it a lot. Love that song. Ace of Spades, man. On, <laughs> on repeat, nonstop. Um, airport level, like sent off the, the neighborhood. Dude. The neighborhood. Oh my! So much good times with that, mm-hmm. and this was because it was my first exposure. Just had so much fun with that game, and once one and two was announced, I'm like, oh, they're gonna do that. And I think even at the time, Tony Hawk even said, like, hinted, like, oh yeah, they're working on the other ones. Like, so I was like, heck yeah, let's go. I was like, I wasn't as big into one and two, but that three, and now yeah, this. It's like, it's it's frustrating. More than to the one more than a personal level because yes, it probably was all hands on deck for Vicarious Visions for for Diablo, but just good companies will find a way to like make both happen. So she's a company as big as Activision. It's just right. so so <laughs> yeah. They're, I mean, they're not a good company right now, but like, man, it seems like such like a missed opportunity. Like you, you need like it's good to have both. Like yes, like working working having Blizzard work hard on on Diablo and bringing support, but man, like. You just had a revival of Tony Hawk, and you're going to let that fall. Even if they come back to it, I feel like 
it's still in jeopardy of like you missed the boat. Like there yeah. was a moment Maybe. that you could. I don't know if there's a this. Tony Hawk boat that's gonna be missed anymore. Like, Tony Hawk has been so down in the dumps forever. I think people are just begging for anything that's decent. And if it comes back eventually, I think it'll be fine. Sure. Uh, maybe this was the biggest it was ever going to be, but like maybe. missing that, even that small wave sure. is better than like it being released to like yeah. die later when it was like, eh, it's too long. And they had had a string of good revivals mm-hmm. with Spyro, they with did. the Crash stuff. Yep. It was like they could have led to something more. Yeah. And I don't think, I mean, the only thing we got was Crash 4, I think. Yeah, I mean, there's sequel. rumors of some yeah, spiral different. Thing yeah, yeah. We had the, the yeah. insane trilogy. We had uh, Crash Team Racing. Crash Team Racing. Right, yeah. yeah. And we yeah. had Crash 4. Yeah. yeah. I think. It depends what Vicarious Visions is doing, I guess, because we don't know specifically. But if they are on deck to help Blizzard with ever, they need to get done. I think it was probably the right call because Blizzard's been in a rough spot with a lot of games. And if them working on whatever they're doing helps them move up and make their games better, I think it's the right call. Because Blizzard needs all the momentum they can get. Now, we don't know if they're even helping them or if they're doing something completely different. We have no idea, so it's hard to say. But if they're helping on Blizzard games, I think that was the smart move. As much as Tony Hawk 3 and 4 would be really sick, I think they have to make these games coming out. They have to get them right. They have to get Diablo 4 right. This is like the big one they have to get right. Especially, they cannot, they cannot get a win. Right. No matter what they do, they cannot get a win. Well, no, I mean, that goes into sort of my next point is, can Activision go a week without bad news? No. Which I had written initially, and then... Later this afternoon, <laughs> hold on, Overwatch 2 is replacing Overwatch. Did you see this? Do you understand it, this? I'm kind of confused. I haven't like investigated Blizzard or Overwatch uh, for a while. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, it came up during uh, my stream. And people in yeah. chat were talking about it. Um, it's like to them, so, so people who are still playing Overwatch, to them... Some of the, the sentiment seemed to be this isn't that big of a deal as people are making it out to be. Like it, every, the, it sounded like since the announcement of Overwatch 2, there was some expectation of this to happen. Hmm. Um, the concern from veteran players seems to be certain things that they played for in Overwatch 1 will carry over into Overwatch 2. Uh, I imagine that's like, I don't know, well, not skins. Min- skins, stuff like that, like collectible Ranks, type yeah. things or yeah. titles, whatever, titles, yeah. go over with you or at least acknowledged in some fashion. Maybe like if you did this much, you get like a legacy title I would or hope something. So. I think they said it, it all transfers, yeah. Okay, then. Because they were talking yeah. about like Overwatch 1 and 2 would be able to play with each other before. Right. I, I don't know if that's, that's why the it's case confusing, anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have no well, idea. Well, it means that, because my girlfriend plays Overwatch still sometimes and like, uh, 6v6 is 5v5 now and right. aesthetics are kind of different a lot of the line reads are different some of them are like worse for some reason even with the same actor um, just l- little weird things like that a lot of the characters are kind of tweaked and changed and things feel different I guess but yeah I, she knows more about it than I do oh live chat is telling us stuff I'll read that and then update you <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah this is yeah. sort of an aside since we were already talking about bad Activision news yeah. I didn't get a lot of notes down. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, sorry, someone will know. Overwatch 2 is like free to play for yeah, right. multiplayer, though. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I guess, like, if you could keep all your stuff from one, like your skins or whatever emblems you have, anything like that, I think. Skins carry over, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's all right. I don't know what you're going to necessarily lose in the long run. I don't think they're going to be it's charging It's just such you. a funny thing now, like, for it to completely supplant, then, like, why even have a two? 
<laughs> like why is it like Overwatch 2.0 yeah, or yeah, yeah. version 2.0? You know, like so like this, when you yeah. think about like how like drastically like Fortnite will change. It was things probably yeah. like when Activision made them do Destiny 2 or something like that. Yeah. It's like we need a sequel because sequels make money kind of thing. So yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if that was it. And they're like, but then well, it's free to play. So it's free to play, but the PVE's yeah. not. Yeah. And it, I think I, I wonder if this is reactive, like because when they had the beta, everyone was like this kind of sucks. Why is this <laughs> not just this? Why is this not just an update? Yeah, an you're just. Pass, this feels you know? too similar yeah. to what it is, kind and of so thing. Maybe this is that. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when like games card. like League of Legends that are like 50 years old at this point are still yeah. updating frequently, yeah. and like Fortnite's always doing crazy stuff. Yeah, it's yeah. it's questionable. And it, yeah, because it, it also obvious it, it forces everyone to have to move on to this. So by you know changing that 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 that. Set up. It's like one way or another. Yeah. You're having. If you want to keep playing Overwatch, you got to come with this new one. Okay, but also Activision is doing the stupid thing where like Warzone one and two, right? Or so, yeah, different. They're different. Like Warzone is going to keep going, but the new Warzone is going to be its own thing. Oh my gosh! My guess is Warzone one is just so damn popular. Even if you, this blows away Overwatch because well, they had it, Blackout like, before, right? Yeah. And that was separate from this from and Warzone. They ha- yeah, and they have like a history of kind of already doing that. Yes, so and like, they're making probably... everybody start over with the new Warzone. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's pro- you know what? That's probably why. If you have to start over, they probably will let you keep the old one. I would imagine like within Activision's own thing because if like oh. Overwatch, if they made you restart in Overwatch two and nothing carried over, I bet they would be leaving Overwatch one. But they're As trying to facilitate yeah. that kind of like transfer over to the newer one. But it still is weird. You're right, Isla. It's weird that this isn't just like an incremental upgrade. Yeah, yeah. Which it basically sort of kind of is now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Kinda. Yeah. In the weirdest way possible. <laughs> yeah, right. Overwatch has had a weird life. Yeah. <laughs> it was on top of the world for a while, then it just died which is they like, never supported it tragically or not like more and more seems like is becoming the blizzard kind of mm-hmm. legacy it's like hearthstone takes over everything and then just well yeah i mean falls apart. it's hard to stay on top forever with Absolutely, anything but yeah, yeah i see mm-hmm. what you're saying yeah sure. things move too fast now you, like and blizzard you, doesn't move fast you, enough no yeah. that yeah i mean stuff like wow came not. out in a different time yep it doesn't seem that long ago but it was long ago enough that like you had that luxury the MMO like WoW didn't exist before. If it tried to like, it, and MMOs were still stuck in like 2003. But today, like Dark Age of Camelot was like the most cutting edge mm-hmm. MMO in 2022, and WoW came along. It would probably be like you know huge, but not nearly as big as what WoW was because you know wasn't easy to get. Yeah, I mean, competent WoW competition. Was, there weren't other yeah. big multiplayer yeah, WoW, games. Yeah. You know, if like. Yeah, if like Fortnite as it is existed when WoW came out, <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> might have been a different story. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah, I don't know. I'm really curious about this game. It's like I'll probably play when it comes out. Um, it's hard for me to get excited about it. I just don't really know why. I guess I'm more curious about the PVE kind of stuff. Yeah, and just like what they're gonna try to do with that. But I don't know a lot about it. But it's coming out pretty damn soon. So I guess we'll see. Yeah, going to early access later like this year. October, I think. Damiani, you brought this one up to me. Uh, Laura Kate Dale uh, was going, she got to spend an hour with the uh, modern controls in Street Fighter VI mm-hmm. uh, and uh, kind of go over the, the pros and cons, but overall, very positive impressions. So, yeah. Before but, I go into any more details, yeah. Yeah, I believe because the video is part of a, a series that she does in terms of like covering accessibility in video games to give it a bigger spotlight. And so, the 
she was covering, you know, how those controls were because a lot of the impressions coming out were from people that's playing it, I think, a little bit more traditionally. Yeah. And yeah, Ben, this, like, tried one match and just, like, bounced off. Like, yeah. He had to go back to what he's used to, yeah. That's the thing. It's like maybe that wasn't the intended audience. So it was nice to get this kind of perspective because I do do think that one of the biggest barriers to fighting games that have directional inputs, like quarter circles, dragon punch emotions, is just trying to do those inputs while also moving a character around in like a chaotic environment is just very hard for a lot of people. It's not easy. That's the nature of fighting games. And to have it, I liked how she put it, it's more analogous to like Smash Brothers smashes that the B move is now, or like PlayStation Control, it's like the triangle button yeah. is now your special moves. And like, except for a handful of characters, there's they have charge ones. They have to like charge every second. If you know one character set of specials, you now know how to do everyone else's specials. I'm like, this is really good. And ever since they announced that they were going to do something like this when they on during the uh, deeper dive they did during Summer Game Fest, I was like, oh, well, how does this actually work? So it was nice to get this. And it's something I personally would love to see more fighting games do. I know there are other games that are doing that. But man, to see it like a big series like Street Fighter take like that step to doing that, like I think it's a good thing. I, I yeah. think it'll get more casual people involved in Street Fighter and in fighting games in general. Could you do every single command with this thing? Like you, you can't handle? do everything. Okay. Um, there there are some like more you know like more complex moves that are not, Okay. So but. there's like. What is it? Three or four buttons for like punch, like all, like mm-hmm. all the like he- light, medium, heavy. Mm-hmm. There's light, medium, heavy button, and it'll do a kick or punch in certain context. I believe. Oh, and to no, 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 I think there's a kick and punch button. Oh, sorry, and kick then, and punch. Yeah, I'm yeah, getting it back. And the light, sorry, medium, sorry. heavy is, like, like determines. Yeah, the light, medium, heavy is what's somehow. determined. So I got oh, backwards. Okay. And it'll also do like auto combos for you, so you don't have to remember long right. combos. Yeah, you just and, hold the right trigger. And then yeah, there's a special button. So like Ryu, like if you do fourth, it it'll do like Shoryuken. If you like up with it, it does. Sorry, Hadouken forward, up will do Shoryuken, and I think it's like down or back will do uh, the hurricane kick, mm-hmm. essentially. So it sounds like it's just making it easier for people to get into these games. Yeah. Right. But if you want to master it and really get mm-hmm. with the nitty-gritty, it still rewards you for playing well and putting in the time. Yeah, I th- because it's not taking that away. There's still the satisfaction for high-level players that they're, they're not depriving you of that. I right. think that would yeah. be the big thing is if this was the only option. Yeah, that'd be, that would be a, a pos- mistake. A yeah. Bit, yeah, exactly. And I think uh, we I think we even talked about this before in a previous episode that like when it comes to like, competitive level of play, like ranked online matches, mm-hmm. And in tournaments, uh, I'm curious to see what they'll do. I imagine they might differentiate, especially on like Capcom's Whoa. own system. They might not let you pair. Yeah, I don't. People. I don't even know if you'll. If you're playing at the highest level, I don't know if you'll use that scheme. Yeah, it sounds like, like it, you can't yeah, do everything. It might not work, but it'd be interesting to see if someone uses it as actually managed to pull off a character or something. Yeah, it's someone like, might be able to. I just like sure. the. I just like seeing the possibilities from this, but like. Thinking the reason why I also want to talk about this, like thinking back to me, like how my experience with fighting games, like obviously played like Street Fighter Two a mm-hmm. lot and struggled a lot with some of the other characters. I mean, like I do like Ryu and stuff, but like sure you couldn't come out like maybe fifty percent of the time with Dragon Punch in a real match, but like or like Zangief on Super oh, Nintendo, dude, yeah, trying to do like an air like circle <laughs> stuff is like I'm like like it was horrible and like like especially Street Fighter Four, man, like focus cancel stuff was a nightmare for me. But uh, the one I played the dev 
left, the game I probably have the most experience, fighting game I have the most experience in is Killer Instinct. But I was telling Blood before we started recording, like I had to like print out sheets that had all the combos in like Bjork and Jago. It's like, all right, how I got the I gotta mm-hmm. remember uh, this link to this link. I'm like, oh like it was studying, it was like homework. Right. It comes naturally to some people, and yes, you gotta put a lot of time, but for people who maybe don't like do have an issue with like memorizing that amount of stuff in like that sort of a time and then executing it in small windows, it's just nice to have something like this. And I really appreciate this. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, one of the things that you know she was saying specifically is you know um, you know because she has disabilities where it's like it's hard to like remember or memorize all these different things is that having this type of control where you're not having to memorize combos, not having to like get the quarter circles and stuff perfect is that ra- like generally she would just end up devolving into button mashing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and now. She doesn't have to worry about how to actually do the move, so she's actually be able to think more strategically, more tactically. Like think about where the spacing is for the other player. Think about observing what the other player is doing, mm. and so you're actually more engaged in yes. the fight than oh, I want to do this move. Yeah, I think that's totally cool, and I love that it brings people. And I just want people who put in the time with these characters and really study the game to be the best because they are the best. Oh, that's yeah, just what yeah, I'm worried about. For sure, I don't know the extent to, but I just want to make sure yeah. all the people who Really grind this shit out and really love fighting games. Still this, feel like it has the the technical aspects. And the best like. thing about this, Brad, is the more people you know this, the more you get the people to try out the game. Mm-hmm. Even at with this type of setup, mm-hmm. potentially they do graduate yep. on to like. Well, let me. Like, yeah, to that's the, for some I'm people, hoping. this might be training wheels mode. Not, sure. For some people, this is the only way they'll be able to play it, and it's great. But for mm-hmm. some people, they're just intimidated by a fighting game. So this is their first dip in the toe in the water and then they're like you know what I like this and mm-hmm. like your point is so the point that she was also making is so important is that understanding the strategy and like the like the the, the, the kind of like the thought process behind what moves you would do mm-hmm. you cannot focus on that when you're struggling to like do these complex inputs and I think that's the most basic thing you need to learn there's two sets of basics mechanical input which this is taken care of and you could eventually graduate on to and then how to like read characters. Mm-hmm. And for someone like me, like the reason I don't play as much fighting game because like the mechanical part left me a long time ago. Like I can't like do those complex things anymore. But like when I watch a fighting games, like I still enjoy watching fighting game tournaments, Evo and everything like that and watching the high level players. I mean, I know what they're going to do in situations like I just never could do that. And like I love understanding that. And I think that's another way to appreciate these types of games is just by even being able to focus on that. And seeing that level and understanding fighting games that way, it just opens up to a wider audience, I feel like. So it's not even just like ease of play. It's like ease of understanding mm-hmm. like characters. And with so many characters out there, it's like a lot to learn sometimes for right. the average person. Like, you got to learn this match. You got to learn this match. And, nah, no, now you just like, you don't have to worry about the buttons anymore. You, you can just focus on everyone's special moves and how do you counter that special move. Mm. It's kind of nice. Yeah, because that's the thing, right? Like when you're talking about like high level players, it's like, those guys aren't having any problem mm-hmm. pulling off a dragon ball. Oh yeah, that's know? what I'm saying. I'm just saying and, like and so yeah. yeah, so you really like yeah, you eliminate some of those sort of barriers of like I just want to do what I I want to do what's right in the moment. Um and uh uh she also specified there's a we saw the, the layout there's a there's a grab button and I don't think you typically have like a separate distinct grab button. Do you, you it's usually like more like getting into the right space. 
So for grabs, Street Fighter specifically, it's always been uh, either a button in like forward or back, right. or a combination of two buttons yeah. for, for that. Um, so there has been, but like having a dedicated button like that, I think makes it easier for some people mm-hmm. to remember instead of having to hit like a, a combination of inputs or a directional plus it, it just like auto does it for you so you don't have to worry about it. Because yeah. some people will grab but then they don't fall through the action and the other player can counter and break out of it. So it's like, ooh, it's a, it's a grab break or teching. The other thing is about like when someone grabs you, you grab them back and you see that glow effect, that's what that is. It's like that just makes it easier for some people's reaction time where it's just like it's always going to be that button. That is what It's fixed in that. Yeah, I like that. I mean, it's nice to see. Yeah, and the other thing that I thought was interesting that she pointed out is that with the like the auto combo button, like you have to connect with that first hit. Yeah, you know, if you whiff, then it's like yeah, it's not gonna like lock you into that animation, or you're not gonna, you know, keep doing a combo that's just in the air. Yeah, it's it's not it's not free to put it in better words terms. Yeah, and I think that's the thing. One thing you know with your concerns too, Brad, is it's like. When you're doing an auto combo, then somebody that's more advanced is going to recognize what your auto combo oh, yeah. is, mm-hmm. yeah. and they're going to be able to counter it yep. more than something that you know is is more custom to where you're varying things up. It's been around for a while, but like Capcom's like, this is not even the first time Capcom did it. Uh, Marvel vs. Capcom Three had this stuff. That's true. Yeah. I mean, I remember playing uh, against some of my friends who were like, like yeah, they're way more advanced, but I would always use like the auto stuff, and my friends would be like, okay, like. Sure, it makes you play a little bit more competently, but like we know exactly what you're doing. Yeah, so like, yeah, yeah. Hello, players. Like this isn't gonna help you at all. Different. But like the point I want to make is that for me, I felt it was fun because I looked cool doing it. Mm. And like sometimes when you can't even do the like basic stuff and like you're not having any fun, at least this way, like you look cool. It's doing the flat. It's like playing character action game on easy. It's like mm. it looks awesome, and, and then you're having a great time. I kind of liken that to this, and like. That's only going to help Capcom sell more copies, get more people into it, right. and hopefully, one out of every hundred person that like tries that mm-hmm. and moves on, and like, no, I want to take this a little bit more seriously. I'm going to like try it yep. with the, the the like full combo strings yep. and like directional inputs. Yeah. yeah, like I want more people to play fighting games and get into them. So cool. Yeah. Yeah. And that's something that she emphasized multiple times too. It's like this is about like just being able to play with your friends, yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah. rather than trying to do like some high level thing or anything like that. So it's cool. It's cool to get some somebody yeah. that like mm-hmm. had the time because like you know on the show floor like there's just so many other concerns. Yeah, like Ben's like focusing on like all the nitty gritty yeah. stuff and mechanics, all really that kind of stuff. Trying cool. to figure out the game for the first time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was really cool that they invited her over to their their offices for you know that kind of setting and stuff. So it shows that they were like oh, sure. really trying to like make this work and make sure that it's also like right. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now, a word from our sponsors. Our sponsor this week is Athletic Greens. It's a product that my girlfriend and I started using, actually, because we want to have good gut health and energy and get vitamins in there. And, I don't know, multivitamins aren't always available. I don't always have them around. So now that we have this product, it's kind of a good way to do that. You just make a little shake, and it gets you all kinds of stuff. Uh, So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all the things. Um, it's, It's fast, easy, you do it before you eat. Uh, it tastes not bad. 
Like, a lot of these things, you know, taste just like, I don't know, seaweed and astroturf. But this is actually, like, it's actually pretty good. I don't know. It, uh, you know, it definitely has, like, it tastes nutritional and not overly sugary. But it doesn't taste like you're eating, like, a lawnmower blade. Um, I have a plethora of facts about this product here. Uh, it, multivitamins are important. Tons of people take some kind of multivitamin, and it's important to choose one with high-quality ingredients that your body will actually absorb. AG1 is a small microhabit with big benefits. It's the one thing you can do every single day to take great care of yourself. Your, subscri your subscription comes with a year's supply of vitamin D, which is so import important to add in those winter months where you don't get as much sunlight. The package that they sent us, it's really nice. It came with like a little, uh, like a shaker, like, or not shaker, but like a glass thing and like a case to put the powder in, a little like tin. It's very fancy. Look, I don't know. It's, it looks very fancy, this stuff. Um, right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash allies. Once again, that is athleticgreens.com slash allies to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Athletic Greens, like the words A-T-H-L-E-T-I-C-G-R-E-E-N-S dot com slash allies. Check it out and increase your health. And if you are a patron of Easy Allies, thank you. So, we still have not gotten a real <laughs> Summer Game Fest E3 Nintendo Direct. <laughs> However... We did get a really good deep dive uh, on Xenoblade Chronicles 3 this week, about 24 minutes or so. Uh, I watched this today, Damiani. You watched this today, too. Uh, this game's looking good. Uh, I need to catch up. But yeah. Yeah. What are, you, what, are your, what are your first impressions no, before uh, you get into the gritty of all of it? Because they went down a whole lot of it, different yeah, topics. Yeah, definitely agree. Uh, yeah, went a lot, through a lot of stuff. It looks really good. Um and just from like a visual standpoint, in terms of like interesting environments, like once again, very captivating stuff. We'll concede. Or some shots. I was like, man, I really wish we get new Switch hardware because I'm like, Monolith Soft is like probably ripping up their hair at the limitations yep. at this point. Right, sure. Because it, I know some of you accuse us of being hard on Switch, but like legitimately this time, it is actually being a little bit. Uh, it's like it, Switch is showing its age. It's definitely showing its I, age with this one. Sure, I think the game looks beautiful. Though, no, so, no, yeah. like aesthetically, it looks great. Yeah. But like some of those, like lo like the like panoramic shots, it's like in the distance, like yeah, like it could definitely use <laughs> a little bit more beef. And there are some chugginess here and there in some of like the, the combat scenarios that they were showing. But beyond that, beyond those things, wanted to get that out of the way. Um, very impressed with what I saw. Um, I was very hesitant about Xenoblade Chronicles 2. A lot of it didn't yeah. speak to me. Uh, so I was very high. With well, Zen I'm, I'm Zen behind. One. I've never yeah. actually gotten loved, to it. Loved, yeah. like, one's one of my favorite games of all time. Sang its praises. Told everyone I could, I could get to listen to me to go please play <laughs> it and stuff. Two came out. Kind of didn't ride the hype with that for me. And I kind of fell off a little bit. A little bit disappointed by it. 
Everything I've seen about this is very v- speaks to me, and I, like it's brought me back in. Um, just like the music, just to start with the music, we got to hear some battle themes, like excellent work. Got to hear some like sweeping orchestral stuff for like the beginning when they're doing a little bit of a story synopsis there. By the way, not, not very spoiler light. Very appreciative mm, of that. Yeah. Did not really wreck anything for me, but gave a little bit and like the story thing they began with, just enough details. Like yeah. the main premise is that the, the these two warring uh, factions. We'll keep it simple for everyone uh, going against each other. But the soldiers they use only live for ten years. Oh damn! So you have a ten year lifespan. And they're, 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 they're in service of these queens who command these giant mechs that harvest energy from, like, everyone who dies yeah, soul and stuff. energy, yeah. Soul energy. And it looks sick. Just, like, cool. giant mech mouth going, slurping in all <laughs> the, the soul energy. And, like, graphic deaths of people. Like, they, like, they, looks like they face dries up and crumples and stuff. It's, cool. like, pretty graphic. But what's, what's wild, though... Brad is like even if you survive the battles, then once your time is up, because like You're one of these done. characters has like three months, then they show the like, you know, they they go before the queen and they get well, honored by the queen, basically yeah. absorbing some them. some yeah. of them do. Not everyone even gets even the ones who live. Not everyone gets like that honor and stuff. So mm-hmm. like it's like the best honor you can receive is like you get to be sent like Yuna style, the performing the sending and stuff. <laughs> like well, that's what the flutes like. That's what yeah. they do. They send the, the spirits on, and that's kind of like the thing. It's very like. You know, it's got a heavy melancholy to it, but I mean, woo, yeah, like the... But yeah, so basically then what happens is, like, there's these uh, two groups, like three from each side, end up working together. It was a little unclear okay, on so, how they no, no, no. end up together. Okay, I think... at first it, it sounded yeah. like a, a special mission, but then it sounded like they were fugitives. So, so the yeah. th- th- three members from one side and three on the other side, they meet up and they actually, like, are against each other. And then it seems like that 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 big bulky dude um, kind of like knocks some sense into them, and like they're they're clearly being pursued by something, and they basically have to band together, and that's your core party of six. And they did a character introduction again. We've seen these characters already, but we got a little bit more information behind them, um, their personalities, also like their jobs. We'll get like the job stuff, right? Yeah. Really good stuff with the job systems in this game. Like I'm they did, they did deep dives in the combat system, the job system, and then like the the Uroboros system, like the yeah. the, the mech <laughs> system. Which, oh yeah, we'll get to that. Yeah. So the have you played the first thing? I've played both of them. Oh, okay. So the basics that they showed for combat were very similar to Xenoblade One, where it was mm-hmm. like okay, auto attacking and arts, and then comboing things together, toppling enemies, and following up on that kind of thing. Um, but then, yeah, there's different classes to where uh, they talked about, uh, like they had like a, or is it attacker, defender, and healer kind of roles. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can even see by the characters' names, and then you can swap freely between characters like during Dude. battle. Mm-hmm. There's a job called war medic, war healer, war healer, warrior war healer. medic. I think war, yeah. yeah, warrior medic. Okay, <laughs> is it a paladin? And it is like gunner medic. Oh my god! Yeah, like they're they seem pretty creative cool. with this stuff. That's cool. Now the elaborate on the battle system, so it's n- it's definitely not going. It's a fusion of things. Does. I like mostly was getting it from like everything they showed. One of the best things they did is that the actions are like on two sides. It's the face button you hit represents the button you're hitting. 
So like hmm. it's like you don't have to like cycle through stuff. It's That's like nice. it's like top like Y button whatever it is like that will be your top diamond move or like yeah. top, okay. Like, yeah. I so like that. Like, it shows the name of the move and also like a very like two word description yes. of what it's going so to do. So you like yeah. get what it's like. Uh, this is going to cool. topple someone. This is going to draw so aggro. You don't this have to cycle heal. through. Yeah, moves, like instead. Very yeah, that's like, cool. Very smooth. Like very like very good. Um, and then they like showed some of them like the chain system. Like mm-hmm. Blurry explained, like you know, like topple, like launch, slam thing. Yeah, comes yeah, back. yeah. Want to praise the UI? No, it looks like maybe a little cl- like cluttered, busy for some people. Sure, but I thought it looked pretty clean and simple. I could like, follow what they were talking it was, about. Yes, every time. perfect uh, way to put it. Very I think easy. A to lot follow. of things like that will fade after you start playing for a little yeah, bit. Yeah, like buffs were very clear, like mm-hmm. color coded on the party list, and because you got six party members, they have a bar at top to show you the progress of an enemy through like the four states. So you know, like you know, once you like, I forget the first one, but then it's like topple, then you launch it, then you want to slam it. That's when you can inflict like the most damage. Mm-hmm. And on the far right, they have like your chain meter that you're building up, where you could like you keep doing those types of attacks. You're gonna build up your chain meter, and you unleash that, and that's where like the persona thing, where everyone comes in, oh, and you do like yeah. you, you pick what everyone's gonna do, and it keeps building. Oh and right, building. I remember those. Yeah, yeah. And it amplifies a big flashy attack. So it looks, it really looks like it's taking the best of one and two Jeez. system. Mm-hmm. And making it a little bit more easily digestible. Okay, I felt like cool. I didn't need a thirty-minute YouTube video. Yeah, to I definitely it like felt two. like, especially with two. I remember at the time I was like, "What? Right? I don't understand this." Um, and then, like with the job system, it's it's kind of a traditional job system thing, but like you know, you rank up the job, great, and then you can take those arts into other jobs. Love it. And then you could say you can even create like fusion arts. Yes. Yeah, so like, if you have two. Two characters have like the same job and same arts or whatever, co- complementing arts. You can like, there's a in the middle of your bottom screen, it'll give you a prompt to combine them, and mm. there's a fusion. So it's like they really want you to mix and match by like leveling up characters beyond like their starting job. Yeah, They're, like yeah, to, yeah, to build up different type strategies. And that's not even to mention. I think it's probably in your notes next. The you have a rotating seventh party member called Heroes. Yeah, so NPCs that you find throughout the game. Like, they have special skills and special jobs that are unique to them. Oh. And so you can have one of these characters in your party in addition to your regular party members at a time. And then, yeah, you can, like, learn their job Dude, skills and cool. pass that on and combine it in with the rest of your Ooh. stuff. One looked like uh, whatever the Overwatch character, whatever they had <laughs> in, like, the guns or whatever, the... Cowboy, it was like yeah, whatever, yeah. Literally looked like that. Mm. They got the no pawns will be joining you. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. No, no, no pawns could be joining you. Cool. So it's like pretty. And Did you, you notice th- one of the heroes was blurred when they were going through the menu? Well, we because we probably have an idea where they're probably the going. Top with left this. is like all pixelated. Yeah, out. yeah. I think these are substituting as the blades. Yeah, basically yeah. as the custom things. But even these will be able to like contribute to like the different play styles and like rolling with like they have their own unique versions of jobs as well. Oh, okay. So well, well, those three categories, those umbrella categories, there's very unique differences below them. I mean, they got also like the gem crafting systems coming back. Yeah. I love that from Xenoblade Chronicles 1. I am so happy it's coming back. <laughs> Cooking from Torna, which I haven't played, is mm-hmm. coming back. Yeah. Okay. I mean, they're bringing the best stuff from, from the, the past th- entries two, into good. there. One thing I thought was interesting is they were talking about like getting the sort of like I don't know exactly how it's going to work. I don't think it'll be every quest, but they're talking about you go oh. through and you talk to people in the town, and then your party like goes to camp, and then they talk about the conversations you had, and then that's what initiates a quest. Sometimes they got that from Tales of Arise. Yeah, at campfires you can prompt like 
a uh, advancing social relationships with people oh, and sometimes right. triggering side quests with that. But this is way more. This looks way better, honestly, if I have to say that. So like, yeah, as long as you encounter an NPC like the campfire scene later or whatever, mm -hmm. it's kind of cool. It's like these kind of windows that have like an image of like what that possible quest will be. Just one of the different ways that they're just like expanding. And like, it looks like the heart to heart location things like with the two oh, hair, right. hair yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, it's real, I, I kind of like this. Cool. I just hope they cut out some of the side quest fluff. Yeah, I don't know. It, it, they weren't indicating, from what I gathered, they weren't giving the impression it was going to be very side quest heavy, but you never know. Both games yeah. kind of. I, mean, I don't like side quest, but, yeah. but boy, they had a lot in those past ones. Um, but yeah, there's. Oh, sorry. Oh, uh, the other thing I was going to say is they actually did show like one of those like relationship webs for a second. It's like, oh, oh yes, yes, oh, stuff like that. Um, it was so go. good. They had go. like the smiley face show you how far. Like, yeah, that's cool. I mean, they showed like the skill trees, um, especially. One of the ones I liked looking at was the skill tree for Ouroboros. And Brad? This is nuts. This is so you have six party members. Mm -hmm. They're pairs of two. So mm -hmm. three pairs of two will be able to fuse together. This is the Pacific Rim thing. Mm -hmm. We're going to drift compatible, link up, and we're going to become a like mech looking Well, how thing. big are the mechs? They're, they're a little bit bigger than people. Like, they're not like. As they're more than a little bit. Yeah, they're not gigantic, yeah. but they're way, like, I'd say probably yeah. like two and a half times the size of a normal character. Yeah. Okay. All right. They, right. they look really cool, and the the thing that I think people had a question about was the, this fusion of two personalities. Like, obviously, they only have one basic appearance, mm -hmm. but they reflect both the two characters' movesets and personalities, so you could toggle between who's the dominant person in control at the mm. time, and the movesets will change slightly based on that, okay. which is really cool. cool. So yeah. they're keeping a little bit of that flexible dynamic, and then you can also power up your Ouroboros with a skill tree. Like, yes. like there's one of the ones I saw like said, like add like 45 seconds to your time, I guess, like so oh, it okay. lasts longer. Good. Yeah, and like all the same things come into play. Like there was a... Um, a chain attack that they did where it was like a thousand cuts was one of the options. Because you get like three different options for what goal you want to meet that will give you the reward effect. Like one of them mm -hmm. was like the break, oh, all attacks will ignore enemy guards or whatever, which is kind of cool. 70% yeah. chance of ignoring enemy guards. And this one, when they did it, like they were in their Uroboro state doing cool, flashy combo stuff. And then the characters broke apart back to their normal thing, did another hit, and it instantly fused again. So from a very from a visual perspective, yeah, very cinematic and cool. all, yeah, mm. very flashy. Sick. Yeah. And then the the last thing, probably where I like I paused a little bit, uh, thirty dollar expansion pass that they're selling, Damiani. Yeah, it and looks it's weird exactly... because it's like mostly feels like outfits and cosmetics and like side quests, but I don't know like how significant those are going to be. If the, so it's like what, four parts, but the last part in December being the actual story the actual content. actual expansion is by the end of the year, yeah. If that story content is as significant as Torna, from everything I've been told about Torna, it'll be worth that price. Sure. But it, up front like that, it does feel a little, I mean, it's, I guess it was expected, but it still doesn't. You know, make it sting any less. It's like, oh yeah, I have to mm. pay a little bit more. Now, very curious to see 
if this will be added yeah, I was to the ask, Nintendo Switch Online yeah, expansion right, right. pack. That's the end. Now I'll be like, all right. Yeah. yeah. I feel like they would have said dollars it was going to be. Paying off. It's first party, dude. Yeah, I got Come the, on. I got the Mario Kart tracks, yeah. and I got <laughs> this. I'm like, all right, wait, yeah. I'm making money off Nintendo <laughs> for once. Let's go. <laughs> Never make money off Nintendo. <laughs> no, money. no matter what you think they're, you're they're, doing. They're going to recoup it someday. Like, yep. we got you. Don't yep. worry. They will get your money we no matter what. We got you. Yeah. I think for me, it's just funny because it's like, like they want to like toss like all of these little things in there to like make it feel like more of a value, but it just does the opposite for yeah. me. Yeah, it's like I would rather you just give me the chunky thing. Don't tell me about weapons. Like you can put them in there, sure, but I don't need you to bullet point like weapon skins and outfits and all this yeah. stuff. Yeah, challenges was... like challenges. I don't know. Yeah, it's also a little bit early because I mean they can't say anything about that story thing. So right. it's like I mean it's. At least they're upfront about it. Cause I, what, what, I forget what was like about Smash Brothers. Sucker was even telling people like, "Hey, this is a business thing. We need to push this, but we understand you don't know all the fighters in this expansion pack. So like, maybe don't buy it right away. Like, wait for it and stuff. Like, yeah, at least great. on that, they're like being a little bit honest about it. Yeah, but that's what I think is that's what yeah. bugs me is like you're trying to sell me. An expansion to a game I don't even have yet. Like, just chill a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it probably should have been after. Like, it doesn't mm. feel good that it's before. But uh, one thing, Brad, mm. you, you're going to love this. Okay. I'm being sarcastic, by the way. Amiibo support. Oh, God. Any Amiibo will unlock items for characters, but should you have the Shulk Amiibo? I'm never going to have that. If you have the Shulk Amiibo, you ready for Shades of Breath of the Wild? You get his outfit? You get, you get, you get the Monado. Oh, the Monado? <laughs> Dude, but it only works for the the sword character. Yeah, for the sword character. It, but it, I mean, obvi- they have some crazy. But ones, I mean, any, everyone could be a sword swordsman though, so you can technically. Get well, yeah, I guess I guess sword class. I do not yeah. have Shulk. So send I, us a Shulk amiibo. I'm gonna guess they're not showing Shulk? it. I don't know if I have. Shulk. I'm Am guessing I? they're not showing it, but I'm gonna imagine probably like Rex. If you have the Rex amiibo, it's probably gonna give his you weapon. his weapon or Pyramithra. I forget there's a Rex amiibo, but like Pyramithra, there is. So yeah, it's like, get there, blade. You're probably yeah. Dude, I hate that. It's so yeah. annoying. <laughs> Ugh. Yeah. So I hate the amiibo DLC so much. Yeah. <laughs> I hate it. It's so annoying. There's so much for Breath of the Wild. Dummy, I just got in like cold sweats thinking about Breath of the Wild. And it was like, the the thing is, this is guaranteed at least. It's no stupid percent chance. Remember Breath of the Wild? It it wasn't even guaranteed. Stupid chest falls down from the sky. Open it. Uh, Did it work? All right. Turn back the clock. Reload the save. Try it again. (laughs) (laughs) Dummy, I'm also trying to cheat. That was the worst part of that game. It was. It was really bad. Still no uh, update on the North American uh, special edition pre-orders, though. After the, oh right, they didn't have any info about the new pre-order date since they kind of bungled uh, oh, the first hmm. attempt. Yeah. Dang, did you get one? No, I'm not. I don't have any of this oh, okay. the, the definitive edition or two. I don't have the special editions for them. Honestly, other than for collectors' purposes or people that want the complete set of the three, what they're including in this doesn't look that interesting. Mm, honestly, yeah. it's like a steel book and like a small art book and it's like mm, oh pretty basic then yeah mm. it's pretty basic it's yeah. not that impressive okay, yeah. okay. it's not the master sword statue yeah no breath of the wild no no all right all right no all right uh sounds cool i'm excited to play it i refuse to watch this because it's like so close sure and I don't yeah like i don't need to see anything i'll else just buy it and play it yeah, I you, need a recap of the stories. Dude. Hey, there are some really good videos that are out there. Uh, no, oh, people good. are starting to link them for Great. people, and I'm actually—I don't think I'll be able to get through 
I don't want to replay two, and I don't think I'll be able to get through Torna in time if I even started yeah, it now sure. with what I've got on my plate. So like, I'm just gonna watch some two specifically for two. I just need to watch the mm-hmm. recap and the Torna summary, and I'll be good. Yeah, yeah. cool. And you can skip back. Oh, question: How did the open world look? They I, they're pretty well known for their open world. Yeah, it's just it's intimidating. It's just so so gigantic. A lot like so of varied environments, man. Cool. I I said when I was watching, I was like, this is what I look at. This it's just like so more visually appealing than like stuff I see and like because it's not seamless open world. Right, but like, it's not. It's what I hope for a lot of big JPGs. Mm-hmm. One we might talk about. We'll in talk minutes. about that. Yeah. Um, but like Pokemon Arceus. It's like, man, I understand they're like going for like a different vibe, but like it's just night and day how much more interesting to just traverse and explore. Yeah. Because landmarks are returning. Those are those like the, the yeah. like little hit, hidden vistas mm. that like if you like you work your way to find a secret cave Love and flow through like and then become a, t- a nice little fast teleport spot for you as well as on top of like landmark experience. Which Love is that stuff. Yep. And the that's good. creature show. designs look good. And you know, yeah, like, they always have really, oh, gigantic they have like really sick, huge enemies. Yeah. I remember the, the the big like uh, gorilla dude uh, Gonzalez is back. He's mm-hmm. been like in one and I think in two as well. Uh, just like a recurring dude. Just saw, showed him sleeping there like, awesome. casually. Some monster runner stuff, dude. Like it's both like you know organic monsters, mechs mm-hmm. and stuff coming at you again. It's like all the best cool. of both. Hell yeah, yeah. And like showed off a great like little like uh, reminded me of the the marshlands in one at night with like the glowing fireflies. Showed off like another like little foresty area with like glowing little like lights like this would be perfect mm-hmm. it's like yes cool. yes 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 and yeah as uh damiani was was hinting at uh we had a interview with uh naoki yoshida oh we did recently. not what? us oh what okay. we did yeah, i was like we what? did the public like, he went to all the codes what did i ask him blood <laughs> used the code yeah. blood redeemed the damn the code, code. <laughs> yeah that's right blood uh but regarding final fantasy 16 uh, saying specifically that it will not be open world, but focused on multiple large areas uh, to bring a story that feels like it spans an entire globe and beyond. Uh, we decided to avoid an open world design that limits us to a single open world space and instead focus on independent area-based game design that can give players a better feel of a truly global scale. Heck, this is probably what this will be rebirth. Is. We'll be like this probably yep. too. This mm. is literally what I like to see because you can craft a really good open world, mm-hmm. but there are limitations. And, and going to various different locations is one of the hardest things yep. to do. And Final Fantasy XV to me, I know some people love it, but I felt it. I felt its overworld was one of the weakest parts of that it game to me. Because wasn't it wasn't a lot very to it varied. It was not very varied and memorable. Yeah. And looking at something like, just talking about Xenoblade Chronicles, all three games, not seamless open world, but giant massive environments that are interconnected so that it feels like you are moving across giant mech, moving mechs. It gives it helps that illusion better, mm-hmm. and those zones are so big and they feel satisfying in their own. Like I didn't need an open world; right. like it I, feels I felt fine. Huge. And judging by like just like the varied environments of fourteen, which this team's like partially comprised of fourteen developers, the Heaven's War team, I fully like and what they've shown. I'm like, yeah, these environments are gonna be great. Like I have no doubt in my mind yeah. that like we're in for a treat with these, and it's gonna, it's great. And like it just like people think linear is a dirty word, especially when it comes to like RPGs. It's like mm-hmm. there's a way to do even linear good. It's mm-hmm. this is it. This is like you don't need having an open world for the sake of open world is bad. You need to have a vision, and it needs to be fully realized. And it's clear that what they just said from the interview that they want to go all over the place. There's no way you're making a world like. 
and it's going to work. Yeah. It's like yeah. Witcher 3 is technically yeah. like zones. You know, they're divided up. Yeah. I mean, you can't seamlessly go like, from one to another. Yeah, I'd say Witcher 3 is kind of like multiple open worlds in a way. Like, yeah, because they're huge, because, but they are yeah. divided. Yeah. Because you have the starting area, which is mm-hmm. sort of like your tutor- oh, almost like big. a tutorial open world, but it's yep. still pretty yeah, big. Yeah, it's big. Uh, that game is big. And then zones. you have sort of the main map, and then you have Skellige, mm-hmm. which you know, yeah. just, just by... Yeah, yeah, I, guess, I, I guess you could make it so that you could sail over there, but it's just... It's, yeah, I mean, it so just like, helps, it helps the yeah. transition from each zone, I guess. Like, yeah. It is harder to design very unique zones and make them transition to believable ways. Mm-hmm. But it can be done, like, some open world games work really well, like Breath of the Wild and... Elden Ring, obviously, I think is a really great open world, but I think this is the right move for Final Fantasy. I agree, and I think it'll be the right move for many of their games to come for a while. Because the idea of an open world is cool, but like you said, if it's not done right, it it mm-hmm. doesn't work. And also, yeah, there's the nature of this game being such yeah. a combat-heavy, like the yeah. level it's of a, being yeah, a character yeah, yeah. action battle system. Like, I think it's important they still have yeah. the sense of, you know, exploration and feeling like you're in a big zone. And I th- but I think they know that. Mm-hmm. I think they'd realize that. I have faith because I feel like the the zones are going to really complement the narrative. Mm-hmm. And they're really talking up the story in this game. I know they, yes. they said like they were, they're doing their best to fulfill as much of the enrichment of the narrative within, by in-game means only. Right. Like, they talked about not doing supplementary books like they do for, like, 14 has so much lore in it that they have to make books for people to, like, keep up with it. And they're like, well, that's not really what we're going for, but we still want you to feel satisfied when you're going through this. So, like, mm-hmm. I think this type of design will make it easier for them. Like, obviously, like, it can be done other ways. Like, Elden Ring and From Software, they're, they, 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 they're specialists in that type of narrative but it's a different type yeah, of narrative is, is. format with that game versus different. what they're doing with this. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think something like Towns, too. Like, mm-hmm. it's a really big challenge. Yes. Mm-hmm. To put a town into an open world without, oh, yeah. a, like, you know, mm-hmm. making it seamless. Yep. And, you know, kind of as we know from the Final Fantasy games in the past, like, sometimes, like, a town can feel a lot more interesting if, yeah, if you do have that loading screen there, if you are in a separate space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Totally I just don't agree. think it'll be linear like Final Fantasy thirteen. So, oh, fear not. No, no. I think the most analogous game, if it's a, so if you never played Xenoblade or whatever, like Final Fantasy twelve, it's probably going to be a little bit like Final mm-hmm. Fantasy twelve. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. you had those large environments, and sometimes you could go left at a part instead of right, and you go to a zone. Maybe you weren't supposed to be there yet, but like. Who knows, like what creativity they have with this game up their sleeve? But I, 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 this is what I wanted to hear. Honestly, I was my fear was that they were going to try and make this open world, and like, I, I, I'll be honest, I suspected they were never really going to go for that. So like this, <laughs> this, this was this is what I expected, and I'm yeah. happy it met. I think 15 scared them a, a little bit. <laughs> exactly, exactly. When he says global scale, what do you th- think of you know in terms of? Like, I guess getting from place to place. Because the idea of, you know, the, that being the advantage of, no, you're going to travel yeah. to something completely different rather than just, like, walk through a door or, so, or a passage. There's or multiple a ways to do it. I mean, it just depends, like, whether they want it to be, like, more interactive. Like, you have, like, some kind of vehicle mechanism, like a chocobo or an airship or whatever you're going to get at some point, and it actually is gameplay behind it versus, like, just sometimes the narrative will dictate, like, you finally get access to here, like, Final Fantasy X didn't have the technology at the time, so they'd have the traditional-looking, like, 2D overworld map, and they would just show you, like, dot, 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 Indiana Jones style, like, oh, you're progressing in this next 
next area. But after you did that once, when you backtracked and stuff, it was just like you had the airship and it would just like teleport you down. Same with Final Fantasy VII. Mm-hmm. Like that's exactly how they did it when they got there. And every Final Fantasy has been like that. So I imagine it's like we've seen a lot of the map there. It's probably going to be a combination of like chocobo carriage type travel and there'll be some kind of flying mechanism as well yeah. and it'll probably be instant teleportation it won't yeah. be like oh i can fly in here i mean i don't think probably it'll be f- freely flying y- yeah there'll be like something you could ride a mount type thing in the individual areas mm-hmm. i imagine but like because it's not seen somewhere there's no cross thing like right. that yeah know? like you could fly maybe an airship in that zone and teleport to the next one but yeah, but like realizing a full giant scale like world map again in Final Fantasy, it's just like will be nice to see that where it's like it's not just one section of one little continent. It, potentially, it's gonna be here's the whole world map at the end of the game. You can go anywhere in this world, and like here are the zones. Like I want that feeling again. It'll be nice if the, what they're saying they fully realize that. Yeah, yeah. It, it's funny. It's kind of a whole different uh, vein of game, but the thing that really this reminded me of this this comparison was uh, uh deus ex mankind divided mm. because you know it's it's not exactly like an open world game but you are in this one like large really complex city and like, you go into like, all these different apartments you could go into other buildings you could go underground there are all these different routes in and out of things and so like in terms of the actual like playable real estate it was probably larger than the game before it but because you're in that same city for the majority of the game, other than a couple of chapters where you jumped out here and there and just did short levels, it lacked that that sense yeah. of again this global yeah. adventure that the you know the original game and uh, uh, Human Revolution had. Mm-hmm. Uh, what what else uh, was in uh, that interview? Because this the is the main bi- thing I wanted to focus well, on. Well, the other big but, thing yeah. was uh, the party system. That's been yeah. one of the biggest question marks. People getting a little like worried or anxious about what was being shown. Uh, now, Kishida did confirm that there will only be one playable character, Clive, the main protagonist. Oh, but okay. he will be joined by AI party members uh, that will change as dictated by story and scenario. And that the player will not have to focus on controlling those other players. They'll just be there to assist you. And honestly, this is really what I was expecting as well. Yep. I did not expect other party members. And with this battle system, like the different like uh, icons you transform, like the stances mm-hmm. you, I'll call them stances, whatever they're going to be called, that you transform between and you take different abilities when you, you shift between them, that's a pretty loaded, complex system. Yeah. And I think it's... It's going to be Devil May Cry game. really weird to like, especially Devil May Cry, can I change between three different characters? Characters. I mean, like, no. On the fly, no. On the fly, no. Like, you can pick a different character mm-hmm, to right. choose a stage, and who, who knows if there's an unlockable character or something, but this kind of fits the MO of yeah, what they're like going a, for. It's like a Kingdom Hearts game, you know? Yeah, you have AI party members. He gave shout-outs to Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, he did, because he, he said, knows. He has said thank you for helping them with the real-time combat the system, knows. because they have experience there with he that. Knows. Yeah, and th- those challenges. And... I do understand that some people might lament that, like even like, they're, yeah, they're like, like even like Final Fantasy VII remake managed to find a way to let you play as three party members and mm-hmm. found a really elegant such, uh, solution to that. But like this is going for something different. Yep. As action heavy as Final Fantasy VII remake and Rebirth will probably be, it's not to the level of depth as in the same type of systems that are what yeah, 16 is going for. What you're going to be able to do at 16 yes. is be much more in-depth with one character. And I feel like that'll be clear once people get hands-on with mm-hmm. 16. They're like, oh, this would not have... Like, you're going to see so different. Final 16 combat videos like you do Dome Cry oh, videos with... Ex- yeah. 
like Linkin oh, yeah. Park in the background. You'll see it. Yeah, I, I, most I can imagine like maybe you call in your party members as like assist. Like you hit an assist mm-hmm. button in sixteen, and like they they'll will do an action. Come with you to do a combo action or something that will trigger that. And it, it, it like I'm very opt- uh, very optimistic about it. And uh, speaking of combat, the other thing he did say, Anakushita, uh, was that the icon battles. No two will really be the same, and they all have different themes That's behind cool. them. Like one of them is supposed to be like a re- wrestling match, like w- <laughs> like WDE style, whereas like another one, I forget what he said. Third person shooter. Third person shooter. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. So they're going for different styles now. That one, I think we need to get our hands on really under, like to really appreciate that because I think that has a little bit more that, that still needs to prove itself. Mm-hmm. I've never right. seen anything like that in a Final Fantasy game, really, other than like. Well, one thing that yeah that hopefully. Yeah, they've learned lessons from the the summon fights in 15 because I felt like some of those were some of the weakest parts. Yeah, yeah. Like this looks like it should be really, really cool, and it's. Uh... And that was you fighting. <laughs> that was you fighting as people as them. So like these are two giant like kaiju style fights. It's like will they just be glorified mini games or will they have some depth to them and feel rewarding and satisfying? I think just having the. The Devil May Cry and like that guy from Capcom, that bow director mm. being involved oh, yeah. in this game gives me a lot more confidence in whatever combat things are going to throw your way. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I giving definitely in all aspects giving him the benefit of the doubt. On I that. mean, yeah, so, yeah, they haven't given us reason to doubt yet, but I think it's really cool that if all the icon fights are going to be really different and have some different hook to them, like third person, like. What the hell is that? That sounds crazy. Yeah, it's like they're, like it's think, probably going to be Bahamut probably fighting them. I think yeah. that's super important though because I, I think when you have something that that's that big in Epic, that w- w- if you do it and then you do it again, it starts to just yeah you lose instantly it. lose yeah. the feel of it. Yeah, yeah, if it, yeah. If you do the same thing over, so it's a good yeah. Special. I think it's a good idea. Yeah, man. Just yeah. Again, fifteen. Like that Leviathan fight was absolute trash. <laughs> yeah, you, that you know was what I'm such a low point. Really hyped for is the transitions in these fights because you think about mm. the ones in seven remake during boss fights, like how sick oh, they are. Yes. I'm just like thinking about these huge icons yes. doing it, man. Woo. Oh man, yes. It's gonna be good. Year away. Yeah, no, we're here. We're away. Yep. <laughs> Damn it! Oh, I was I was saying earlier too to them that yeah, like yeah, blood's hyped. I'm I, this is becoming one of my most anticipated Blood games. Blood's and it, and it's partly because you know you guys talk up fourteen so much and it's just so gigantic and daunting to try to hop into that game, but to have you know a lot of that same crew mm-hmm. directing this, directing something a little bit more traditional. Uh, Perfectly. Yeah. yeah. So so glad to hear that blood because yes. Besides time commitment, just like some people just don't like MMOs, period. Like just the nature of the structure, like going and doing quests and stuff. Like some people that's boring to them. They have no interest in that. So to see a more traditional sort of action-heavy RPG, but all the best parts about 14, but remove the MMO gameplay and do it more like this, I think you're going to see a lot more people like, like, whoa, this. so this is what I've been missing. Maybe not the gameplay-wise, but like everything else about this? Yeah. yeah, I'm on board for this. So very, very happy to see how this turns out. Just be sure to get us codes next time. <laughs> Multiple codes. Multiple codes. Multiple codes. Multiple we'll see. Codes. We'll see. Also this week, uh, the Quarry and High on Life uh, were actually originally Stadia games, yep. according to uh, sources that have told uh, Stephen Totillo. Uh, they started as Stadia exclusives. Uh, obviously, the companies themselves aren't saying much. Uh, but there was a document of uh, Google had announced the partnership with Supermassive in 2020. 
Uh, and then Take-Two confirmed that uh, Supermassive was looking for a publishing partner as the quarry was wrapping up. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it really does sound like <laughs> yep. Stadia tapped into them and then backed out. And it's like, yeah. yeah. Uh, Take-Two saved it. Yeah. Yeah. Which makes sense now that, like, why would, why would Take-Two suddenly mm-hmm. come, come out with one of their games? It's totally out of their Yeah, especially when there's another them. Dark Pictures game coming, like, this October or whatever. Yeah. It's like yeah, that. That, and again, like, why would they make this if they're making dark pictures? Yeah. It's like, well, because Stadia brought a bunch of money to them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Later on, they oh, backed out. Stadia. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, Evil West got an extended gameplay trailer about 10 minutes long. Yeah, I just saw a little bit. I'd never seen it before. I was like, oh, this looks fun. I, there's been so many just weird Wests and other Wests. I got very confused, Blood, yes. That when I clicked there's on like this. There's like Dead West. I, I like, don't know what I was expecting, but I wasn't expecting this. And it was like, West oh. West is like the new Souls. Yeah. yeah. Like, put it in every time. Well, and it's West, got those West. kind of elements to it as well. Yeah. Like the, the dodging is very Souls-ish. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then you like dash and punch dudes. Mm-hmm. Shooting dudes. And stuff. You've got like, cool. like electrical attacks. Yeah. Uh, there's vampires. Yeah, it sounds fun. It's, I'll check it out. It's maybe. crazy. Lots of gore. Yeah. Because it's Flying Wild Hogs, yeah, Shadow saying, Warrior guys. Yeah. Um, so, like, I saw this one point where, like, both of the guys' arms were ripped off mm-hmm. and there's, like, blood gushing out of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Third person. <laughs> yeah. Uh, PlayStation will not attend Gamescom, uh, jumping on a list that includes uh, Nintendo, Activision Blizzard, and Take-Two, so... Just Microsoft for now? If, not they, sure what if they've true. confirmed. Yeah, heard, yeah. yeah, and European publishers, of course. Right, yeah. I'm sure a lot of Embracer stuff will be also, I mean, Sony also went as far as to say they're also not participating in Opening Night Live either. Right. Ooh. Yeah. So no announcements Ooh. at Keeley's thing. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. That, that seems to be their sort of thing. It's like, oh, everyone we'll just stay to play yeah. a week before. Everyone yeah. does their own thing now. Well, I mean, after getting Last of Us and uh, kick summer kickoff, I thought maybe they'd get like something. Uh, we're getting we're another look at Last of Us right before. It no, comes we're getting out. God of War. They're gonna do God of War. They're gonna do it on their own. Yeah, they'll probably do a state yeah. of play. That's yeah. just God that's of War. That's getting a state yeah. of play. Hundred percent. The that that new Twitter uh, leaker, the snitch or whatever, <laughs> who's been <laughs> accurate on every single thing, posted God of War today. It was like one eleven eleven this year, pretty much. Got it. That's what. The, People are guessing. Well, that's what Schreier was saying. I yeah. think that so, third November was when it was now. So the snitch is sniffing again. <laughs> I wonder what his console war post was referencing. Don't know. He said, "Do you like console wars?" And all of it was like, "No," or was I don't it? Oh, was all yes? Weird. I don't know. Here we go. Uh, the Kotor Two port on Switch <laughs> uh, shipped with a game-breaking bug Ooh. Uh, that blocks now specified as a quote-unquote small number of players from completing it. Uh, crashes about halfway through the game after the Basilisk crash cutscene, uh, and they have now also uh, posted a workaround. Okay. Uh, until their their patch actually fixes. Oh, it. Uh, that's good because last thing is they said we were aware we have no ETA on any kind of fix. Mm. Was that anyone who gets that point get can't get past it, so it's like unbeatable <laughs> yeah. for anyone. I was like, yeah, the first report sound made it sound like nobody could finish the game. Now it sounds like it's not quite that bad. Okay. But. Okay. Yeah, if it was like no one could finish the game, how'd that get through it's QA? Like, oh, right. Exactly. Yeah, like, yeah. Whoa there. That's uh that's well, bad. okay. Yeah. That's bad. Uh, Fixing it. That's cool. A Plague Tale Requiem uh release date was confirmed today, October 18th. Yeah, cool. Oh, October, nice. man. A lot of releases. Yeah, yeah stacking uh, up. They put out a 10-minute gameplay uh video today, um which I, I watched through just before the podcast. Looking all right. A lot of killing. A lot yeah, of, a lot more. It, yeah, well, it was weird cuz they're like going through this quarry and stuff and uh 
they uh, it seemed like everybody that was hunting them wasn't really hunting them because you know like in the first time like they're they mm-hmm. hunting Hugo and you didn't know why. Now it just seems like they're hunting them because they've killed people. So I'm just oh. like, hey, how about we stop killing so many yeah. people? Blast them. <laughs> That's funny. It's just such a strange thing when it's like they so sp- they specifically call it out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then even towards uh, the end, they actually do go into like Hugo powers. Oh, right. Amicia has him control some rat swarms uh, and kill some guys that way. Cool. But then, like, he, he kind of, like, loses control and then is like, oh. uh, now there's a tidal wave of rats coming at us <laughs> because Hugo's passed out. Cool. So you got to run. And that's right where they cut it off. Yeah. I'll check that out. Isla. Yes? Blade Runner Enhanced Edition. Yeah, and it apparently is not good. Not good? Ooh. Oh. Just I was actually, today. I was literally just reading about it. Um, so there's the... Night Dive version, and then there's the GOG version, GOG, whatever. Okay. Um, which is done by Scum VM or something like that. Let me make sure I'm getting that right. Yeah, C U M M V M. Okay. Uh, and I had known about this. There was it was like it's kind of like Silent Hill 2 Enhanced Edition. It's like a fan effort to like preserve and upres this game, which I love. Blade Runner. The I don't know if we actually ever said it, but like Blade Runner. Uh, the game, and the Night Dive version, because all the original files were lost, um, so they used, like, weird AI to up-res the stuff, but apparently it's just got all kinds of, like, problems and bugs and, like, mm. sound effects will cut off the music and, like, weird, and it just looks worse. Uh, uh, Rock, Paper, Shotgun, I was reading, actually, like, literally just a second ago right now. They were like, yeah, it just looks worse. So it's like, has controller support subtitles and it's on consoles, and other than that, don't get it apparently right now wow hopefully they're able to like write the ship and make it better but apparently been, the the gog version is better huh they've been doing a lot of good stuff that's crazy yeah i i watched a thing about this a while ago actually that night dive was like i don't remember specifics but they were like nervous about it because it was like everything's lost you know and there's already this other version so it's just it's kind of yeah it's wild i don't know it's crazy that it even happened i have it on disc i have the old the old one on on disc and it still looks incredible. Just there, there are a few online documentaries about Blade Runner. Look into it; it's fascinating. This this game, Westwood Studios, it's incredible. I can't remember. I don't think it's a no clip, but I don't remember who. Might have been one of those War Stories ones. Hmm. Yeah, I think it's War Stories. It's so good. Turns out that most of the lyrics in Elden Ring are just made up. <laughs> <laughs> Reddit user uh, Magister Organi. A uh, Latin student confirmed that the song The Sirens Sing uh, is indeed in Latin, but upon questioning uh, the music producers that worked on the game, discovered that most of the lyrics are computer-generated and adjusted to sound like an ancient language. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> cool. Um, and then I have a friend that actually worked on, on those recordings. Oh, cool. Um, haven't talked to him forever, but another another friend of mine like texted me. He's like, hey, do you know he did that? I was like, oh, no, I didn't. Hmm. Uh, and then, even though uh, its staff is reportedly down to 10 people or left, less, uh, Treasure is celebrating <laughs> its 30th anniversary and tweeted a hint uh, that it has something in the works. Uh, this is translated, uh, but uh, this year, the 30th anniversary are working hard to announce the highly requested That title. We look forward to your continued support of Treasure. <laughs> 
So uh, some people thinking Ikaruga maybe. <laughs> yeah. But don't know. I guess, yeah. Oh, man. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Like, <laughs> I think the reaction to everyone was like, Treasure's still around? What? Yeah. Right. <laughs> All right. Hope for the best. It's time for love and respect. Love, love and respect. respect. From beating down Brian. Uh, when com- conversations around E3 and Summer Game Fest come up at various outlets, people often say how it makes sense for all these publishers and sometimes individual games to have their own events and to have them spread out because they get to have all the eyeballs on them. But do they? When we had E3 and everything was consolidated into one week of events and coverage, I, like many others, would watch it all. However, now that things are so spread out, I feel people are becoming more picky about what they tune into. Mm. A Plague Tale Requiem was shown during the Xbox Showcase, which had an average of 2.2 million viewers. During this, they didn't reveal their release date. Why? Because Focus Entertainment is having their own event, which was today, where they plan to reveal it. An event which will likely draw a fraction of that viewership. Similarly, Capcom did the same thing with Dragon's Dogma, and as Isla pointed out during your reactions, the Capcom event had 70,000 viewers on Twitch, while the Dragon's Dogma event had 5,000 watching. Yeah. Is splintering these events into oh-so-many places really benefiting these games? Is it benefiting the audience, or is it merely what these companies have convinced themselves is the smart play? With the Dragon's Dogma one, I fully think they should have done the t-shirt thing, revealed to in the big thing and then said if you're a fan or interested we have a wonderful documentary check it out next week because it's like that would have gotten the same amount of viewers and like I saw a report that sales of Dragon's Dogma ticked up and like that's just from the announcement of two how much more would they have ticked up if 70,000 people live had seen it and the the word would have spread way more Mm -hmm. like so in that case specifically they definitely should have just done it in the main event yeah, it feels like they are super into reminding you a few times about these things over a couple of weeks when I think, yeah, you get you get like one big shot, I feel like. And after that, it's going to shrink substantially, like uh, with um, Plague Tale kind mm-hmm. of thing. It's like it, that really state absolutely should have been in that Microsoft and there's no reason to. And people are definitely spreading things out too much and it's unnecessary and people are skipping a lot of stuff like we are skipping we've skipped some things because we're like eh yeah probably won't be that good but if it's all closer together I mean it's great because some games that wouldn't have before gotten a chance to shine but definitely there is too much definitely yeah I agree it's gone way too it's oversaturated at this point I understand when I when I say I understand why companies doing it to their best interest it's in the best interest, it's in the business of the company sometimes because they think that they're getting more exposure that it's a focused thing um even something like we were just talking a little bit a while ago about like a theoretical state of play with god of war as a focus i'll get a lot of eyeballs but i think it would still even get more if there was a giant huge e3 style state of play or any old e3 event where god of war headlined it at the very beginning or the end was the big thing i think that would be get more people to watch it and draw bigger attention to it than even a standalone thing. So I feel like it's more misguided. It's probably like what they've told themselves and they now believe it. And for some things it might be tr- like 
on paper it sounds true. Like for, I feel like the smaller you are, maybe the more true it is because you probably got left out of the party in the first place. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Or wherever you got fit in before an E3, you just got drowned out. So I understand. But at the same time, as Brad was just saying, when you, even when you try and do those own things, like, yeah, you might now have your own day or whatever, but a lot of people are just not even watching it, period. So, like, unfortunately, the sad reality is your best chance is to... For me personally, for the good of this like enjoyment and entertainment and exposure, I do feel like the weak condensed E3 format should come back, um, and it benefits every. I do think it benefits everybody, and that's your best shot is to get on board with that. And like people talk about their favorite E3 when they talk about trailers, they like they talk about E3 trailers. Like when I think of like a trailer now from like a, a like a director, like what direct was that? Like it's so like it's so scattershot now. Like right. the content might still stick out, but like it's not behind a tentpole event anymore. And as I like what Keeley is doing, I just wish. He could like just take over from the ES, take over E3 from the ESA and make it his own thing, or just destroy E3 and Keeley makes an E3 like event that's just literally what E3 was, but he's in control of it. I've that's what needs to come back, and I do think the this stuff like is not as potent. I it, it's been they're doing an admirable effort with it. Like hats off to Keeley for pulling off what he's doing, but it's not as good as what E3 was in terms of like announcements and conferences. Not even close. It's not even close. Well. And Another thing I think of something like this, right? And we saw similar with the, you know, Xbox having their ex- extended showcase like a couple of days later. But I think that's the thing. It's like a couple of days later, yeah, you've 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 lost yeah. your audience. You know, if people are like planning like, okay, Sunday I'm going to sit down and watch Xbox and watch PC gaming show, but then am I going to tune? Am I going to tune in again a couple of days later or not? You know, and mm-hmm. and that's why I think something like, you know, with the scheduling is like, yeah, trying to figure out, like, I don't know how everybody talks to each other to make sure they don't overlap more than they, they do already. Mm-hmm. But it's it's like, yeah, if you're going to have your your extended gameplay trailer, mm-hmm. then try to figure out how to have that, like, on that same day after Xbox or something. Yeah. To that last point, Blood, I imagine is maybe they weren't doing a great job of it, but I would imagine the ESA with E3 would probably, like, reach out to everyone and be like, start sending us what you want to do. And as people got slotted, they'd probably just tell someone like, no, someone's already slotted there. You can't do that. Or you really shouldn't do that on that day. We can't tell you specifically because it's like um, like we're in the eight as well. But like you really shouldn't pick that day. You, we were telling you to pick another day to do this. And like they'll listen. Like, the, well, you, they used to definitely talk to each other because yeah. we would coordinate. They would have yeah. shuttles. Like, I imagine okay, that, that's, Sony, yeah. Sony is going to have shuttles that take you over to we, Ubisoft. It needs to get back yeah. to that. I understand, and I understand it. Maybe as powerful as much clout as Keel has, it might even be out of his hands because some people may just not want to play ball with him as much. Like, yeah, Sony gave him Last of Us, but it sounds like they were never going to give him like their like. Sony was not just going to be in Keeley's mm-hmm. thing, and Nintendo just doing whatever Nintendo wants to do. So it's like someone needs to find a way to like get that centralized event back and kind of like wrangle everyone up again and be like, you're either doing it this week or you could be left out. And like, you want to go do it on your own? Sure. Like maybe Nintendo can still go out on their own and do something, but like they're probably going to get a lot of pressure from like their like every like their own fans of being vocal. Like, hey, why why don't you do something during this like Keeley thing or whatever wherever he goes? But again, to the point. Yeah, it needs to. Keeley indicated he's gonna tr- sound like he's gonna try and do something similar to old E3 next year if he's allowed to, but like it just needs to get back to that, and it needs someone like Keeley 
or someone as competent as Keeley in charge and not like a group that was clearly like the ESA was clearly causing a fracture. I mean, obviously things were wrong if like Sony went their own way and then were saying we don't agree with the direction of E3 and Microsoft not being there, but not really being there because like they were doing their own thing next door, even though it was part of E3, they weren't really there. EA leaving, going doing EA play, like something was clearly upsetting them and it was probably the ESA. So like, I think there's a way back, but like it won't be easy, but I want it so badly because <laughs> I miss it so much. Yeah. Uh, kind of similar, uh, or related rather, not similar, but uh, Platinum Declan. Hey, allies, late to the party, uh, but want to try Dragon's Dogma. Any advice yeah, for someone looking to jump in? Tips, console recommendations? Uh, it was on sale. Yeah, you just missed sale, the yeah. sale. Yeah, it's ended. Yeah, it uh, ended. It was on like every platform, too. It was on six, sale. Yeah. Six like, bucks. I tweeted about it, damn it. So. <laughs> a lot of people are it's pushing it. It's worth any price. But it's only like $30 normal price for Arisen. Yeah. And like on Steam, it's like got like high, like 4 yeah. support. And I like, would just that. say we love that game, but. It's pretty rough in some spots, so just be aware of that, okay? It's not a 10 out of 10. It's 10 out of 10 in your heart, yeah. but... They were wondering I cannot about the, uh, in good conscience there was, that game There was a lot of intrigue. When it originally came out, there was a lot of intrigue behind it, I remember, mm -hmm. and a lot of, like, uh, praise for the, the concerts it was trying. But, yeah, there were definitely a lot of jank and mm -hmm. some uh, issues with yeah. it that were holding it back. But maybe they've been patched up with Arisen and it's subsequent, like... Uh, oh sure, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Dragon's Dog was perfect in every way. It's not. Okay. But uh, <laughs> hyper. No flaws. Uh, no, my tips. Straight up, straight up. My tips. Uh, the beginning is confusing, slow, and terrible. It is. Um, yeah. The you can do whatever you want in that first town. Do little missions. Don't go to Bitter Black Isle. That's like way late game stuff. But you do it from the original town. Uh, you know, just have fun. Take your time. Do whatever. There's a cute little couple of quests in there. But then. The game doesn't actually really do anything, start, until you get to Grand Soren. And to do that, you have to go to the little encampment, talk to Marciella or whatever her name mm -hmm. is, beat the Hydra. You have to talk to her to do that mission, okay? Do the Hydra stuff once the head is off. Then you have to escort the Hydra from the waypoint down the road from the encampment to Grand Soren. Once you've done that, the game starts. Make sure you get, uh, yeah, it's ridiculous. Make sure you get the Dark Arisen version and make sure that you go to your storage thing in the inn in Grand Soren and get the Eternal Fairy Stone. That's like fast travel. Originally, they were limited. <laughs> they sure be were. <laughs> because this game is completely out of its mind. Uh, and then also you get some really good armor pieces for your character and your pawns and stuff. I always use the dress, the queen's dress. It's like really high-level gear that you just get out the gate, but only female characters can use it. Um, perfect game. Also, uh, if you have friends on whatever console that you're playing it on that played it, you can get their pawns for free, and their pawns will probably be re really high-level. So they will, if you want that or don't, just be aware of that because they'll probably roll some stuff that you wouldn't otherwise. They'll also have hints about... I could talk about it. Yeah, you're, talking, you're yeah. giving us like a walkthrough of the whole they game. They wanted tips! That's uh, how you start Here's your tip. Just play it. Just play it. Give it like four hours. Yeah, give it time. So don't any, anyone don't have any strike out immediately. Experience with the Switch version? Because they're asking about yes. that. <laughs> I've played it. On, I own it on everything. I have it on the Switch. I have it on the Steam Deck. I have it on everything. Please find it on the Switch. 
Nice. It's, fu- it's Dragon's fucking Dogma. It's like yeah, it was a PS3 game. How it runs doesn't matter. It didn't. <laughs> yeah, it didn't run amazing back then. No, perfect game. But it's probably a lot better now. Perfect game with the HD version or the remaster version. Yeah. Cool. Let's play a game. Uh, from Fat J, PJ. Uh, greetings, allies. I love nicknames, especially when FromSoft uses them for no. boss fights. Reading Ishin, the Sword Saint, just gives a heaviness to the fights that's to come. So I wanted to make a fun game where you'll have to guess if the nickname slash epithet is from either a FromSoft game or from one of my favorite anime slash manga, one Piece. <laughs> okay. All right, Brad. Okay. Right. All right, let's Brad. Go. This is your let's test. Go. This go. is the Brad we test. Right. All right. My One Piece right, journey Brad. was like has been like stretched out over fifteen years, so I'll do my best. Uh, the deserter. The deserter. Deserter. That sounds like. So these are the like after the comma. Yeah. I can't think of a from software boss with that, so I'm just I'll just say One Piece. I can't I either, no unless idea. it's like Sir Alone or one of those guys. FromSoft. Who is uh, it? Hawkwood from Dark Souls 3. Oh. Hawkwood? Okay, we're doing these guys. Okay. I thought we were doing bosses. <laughs> we're doing these guys. We're doing, I thought we were doing bosses. Uh, I guess they could be a boss. Yeah, I guess. You need a big them. red bar at the bottom. Yeah. Otherwise, no. There's been like four guys like that in these games. I don't know. It's like four <laughs> giant blacksmith guys like that. We're, we're, we're a fake team. We're yeah. a shame. Fake team. <laughs> Freezing Fog. Freezing Fog? That could be from the DLC of two or three? Uh, two, maybe. Three, I can't think of. Freezing Fog? Who's the... I don't know anything about One there's Piece. A, there's a person with ice powers in One Piece, but I don't know if he had a nickname like that. Let's say Dark Souls yeah, 2 Yeah, let's DLC. say FromSoft. It is FromSoft. Borealis from Elden Ring. Oh, oh yeah. Borealis? The... The dragon, in the oh. in the lake. Mm. Yeah. Oh, because you kind of freezing fog. Right. I mean, I literally thought of that, but I was like, I was like that's that, that, that's a dragon. Is it really called freezing? Uh, I was thinking of a frozen. There's sea? like five frozen. of those dragons yeah, yeah, yeah. In the game. <laughs> again. That's the one later. Yeah. Yeah, it's in the northern area. The silver fox. The silver. That could be Sif. fox. Sif's a wolf, though. Yeah. That's true. Oh yeah, you're right. The Silver Fox. One Piece. That's One Piece. Yeah, I think that's uh, a pirate. That could be Foxy Pirates or something. He's got it. He's got it. One Piece. Foxy of the Foxy. Yeah. Yeah. I watched that like legit 12 years ago. (laughs) (laughs) Sick. Soul King. Oh, that's One Piece. Yep. Brooke. Yep. Soul King. Yeah. Large Monk. Oh, Large Monk. Oh that god, there's soul? a guy like that in One Piece 2 oh, though. God, that could I'm pretty sure. I mean there's so many monsters. I'll say in I'll say One Piece. Yeah. One Piece. Yeah. Watatsumi. Yeah. Dang. The spider. The spider. Uh that could be Patches the Spider from Yeah, Bloodborne? it could be. Yeah. Nailed it. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Crescent Moon Hunter. Well, that's definitely from, from soft. soft. Yeah, sounds like it. 
One Piece. Who is it? Katarina Devon of the Blackbeard Pirates. Oh. oh. They tricked us. That's a good trick. That is a good trick. They tricked That's us. That's a good These are trick. some like deep yeah. cuts. <laughs> Well, because there's always the crescent moon blades and like the dark moon blades. Mm-hmm. And, ugh. I don't remember anyone from Blackbeard's cruise name. Corrupt King. That's Souls. Corrupt King. Isn't it? Uh, I can't think of who would be called Corrupt King. Dark Souls 3? Yeah, I thought it was Dark Souls 3, but I don't know anything about One Piece, so. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be a pirate king. king. Yeah. No, it ain't yeah. the pirate king, baby. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, I'll say One Piece. It is One Piece. Damn it. Avalo Pizarro of the Blackbeard Pirates. More Blackbeard <laughs> Pirates, Blackbeard. dude. Izzy. Izzy Hands. That's from Blackbeard's team. <laughs> uh, and then the last one, Blackblade. Blackblade? Isn't that... Is that Guts from Berserk? Elden Ring? Well, there's... Black Blade stuff in One Piece. It's the blackest. Black there blade. is a blade. Blade, yeah. I'll say One Piece. Black Knight Sword. One. From Soft. Ooh, who is it? Malaketh. Oh, oh Malaketh, yeah. the Black Blade. Yeah. I think of death with him and not God. Yeah. Destined death. Yeah. <laughs> no, but Malaketh, the Black Blade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Nice. Cool. That was a good game. Yeah, mm. cool. Yeah, really good. It's time for bets. This week's bet. Uh, next week, we're finally getting Cuphead, the delicious last course. Got to play a little bit of that at Summer Game Fest. Uh, we're going to start uh, from the first boss and let go of the controller. How long will we last before we die? Brad. I wish it went a little higher, but 15 seconds. 15 <laughs> 13 seconds. Oh, damn 13 it. seconds. <laughs> Isla. I edged you out. I said 12 seconds. 12? <laughs> I guess I, I have the high, 37 seconds. Oh, boy. Ah. Yeah, I was wondering, you know, like, how, how long are those iframes going to affect? Yeah. <laughs> right, you know? yeah. Um, I didn't write down anything. Hang on here. <laughs> <laughs> like, just going through the motions. 15. 15, 13, 12, 37. Okay. All right, last week's bet. Sonic Origins released today. Uh, right before this podcast started, I went to Sonic the Hedgehog's Twitter account to look for the most recent image tweeted by the official account. And last week, I had asked how many retweets that tweet would have. Brad bet 8,000. Huber bet 2,100. Isla bet 4,075, which was the exact number last week's at. Uh, and I bet 3,123. Uh, and uh, this image here today, where did I, I got it pulled up. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? It's got Sonic Tails and Knuckles, and it is currently at 3,419. It was posted just two hours before this podcast. Oh, uh, Sonic fans, Ooh. you're not showing the support you should be. That's well, Origins, right? Yeah, they should be all over 40 that. bucks for Origins. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I'm upset. MJ that's, Music. That's a lot of retweets, though. Yeah, it is that a account lot. is cooking. And, yeah. They've done a good job with that account. Uh, so I won that bet, bringing uh, Massive Chubs to 12. Splish! Splish! And Lotus Sea Lions, 10. You know what's funny? Mm. Uh, I just checked it now. Yeah? Uh, retweets? Yeah. Right? Yep. 
th- it's 3,984 now. I, I just looked at the page again and it says 4,080. So that thing just keeps going. Oh, yeah. So, damn. damn. Song fans are rising up. They're right. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. But that tweet's got star yeah, well, power. Well, yeah, we gotta get the council. Does the bet go till you read it? Is, or it go to end it's it, just so. till when blood checked it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we could update it. Could be Isla. We're same team scores. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we win either way. Why don't you check it like That's an hour? True. Yeah, check no. it. <laughs> <laughs> You're the host. Yeah. <laughs> All right, switching it to Isla. No, 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 no. You, you can do it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll share it. We'll share it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, let me tell you about patreon.com slash easy allies. Uh, easy allies is a fan supported endeavor. Uh, everything that we do is because of direct funding from the people that watch and listen to our content. So if you are listening to this and you enjoy it every week, uh, please consider heading over to Patreon and chipping in there. Uh, you don't have to pay for this up front. You can just chip in however much you want, whether that's a dollar a month or $5. The more people that jump in, the better. Um, and uh, we, you know, all our, our reviews, all our shows, all the different things that we do are because of the people that watch us. So thank you to everybody that has helped us out all over these years. And uh, you get perks at different tiers on Patreon. Uh, the uh, $1 uh, patrons, uh, they get this podcast without any ads. Uh, and they also get uh, bonus love and respect questions. And we got a bonus game this week. That was a fun game. Um, and uh, there's some other fun things in there as well. $5, you get early access, and you get to submit to love and respect, and you get trash babies. Trash babies. And fast and loose next week as well. Fast and loose is for all patrons. Oh, yeah, that's right. Fast and loose is yeah. for everyone. Yeah. But you also get our uh, Discord, mm-hmm. which is now going to go live. Very shortly. By the time they hear this, maybe. Today. Any minute. <laughs> Anytime. Um, and then uh, $20 are the ones watching us right now? Yeah. 20 Behind the scenes. Five, $20. There's, there's a tier there. <laughs> One is here. Yeah. It's 20 yeah. You get to watch this while it's happening. All the mistakes. All uh, You know, there's a... You, you might hear a sound at the end of this podcast and like, where did that come from? Well, if you're in the behind the scenes, you would have known. So... Smart. <laughs> so, thank you to everyone there. Uh, the top level patrons they get shout outs on this podcast and our other podcasts every month and this month's shout outs are Javawebs Elphanis Greg Dark Knight Kettering Caleb Togi Crawford Nick and Anna Croft shout, shout out shout alright how are we splitting this up you got a final word Isla you want to promote a video I I know a video to promote. Okay. Watch, watch Trash Babies. Watch Trash Babies. Watch Trash Babies. <laughs> it's, on, it's on our Patreon, and I love that show. Trash <laughs> Babies and Mysterious Monsters and Play Drag's Dogma. <laughs> final word. I don't know. Final word. Uh, final Fantasy 16 is looking real good. <laughs> great. So, great word, blood. Great yeah. words. Looking forward to uh, next summer when that happens. Actually, it, it was it had a funny experience because last night I don't know what it what it's what sparked it. My my wife was like, it would be really cool if like you had a game that was like just like boss fights, like boss fights fighting like bosses fighting other bosses or something like that. And like hey, you should look up you should look at this Final Fantasy 16 trailer. I think that has a, kind of that vibe going on. So there we go. 
Uh, and uh, we'll see you before the next Blood Moon Rises. The Easy Allies would like to thank our Patreon podcast producers. We apologize in advance for all the ally names we are about to misspell and mispronounce. Jabawabs, Anacroft, Caleb Togi Crawford, L. Fennis, Greg the Dark Knight Kettering, Nick, Shadow 2222, Stomps, Bradley Spees, Diego Perez, Jesper Popmel Dufay, Jesse Blue, Mellow Fellow, Mikey Mizek Novak, Rob Bob Will, Roy Sung, 44 Stars, Alexander Zirianov, Andre, Arvind Rajan, Aurelien Grenier, Beaten Down Brian, Benjamin Arp, Blue, Brandon White, Brian Kruger, Bryce Hordensby, Katie Garza, Crashams, Dale Sun, Danny Vlar, Dave Red, Dimitri Zetas, Discarded Digit, Douglas Chomich, DRD 7 of 14, Edward Gonzalez, Estocal, Faraz Rizvi, Freya Lawson, Garrett Holfish, Gary James, G. Levin, Hayden Hargraves, Happy Gaming, Isaac Swanson, Joe Frantic, Joey Bruno, John Burns, Jose Gutierrez, Kroldemort, Leith, Luke Bennett, Mango, Marcel Markov, Mark J. Betters II, Matthew Holcomb, Matthew Pauling, Miguel Rivas, Mo Grant, Mr. One Luigi, Nathan Watkins, Oni Blackmage, Paul Sway, Pete Shoemaker, Ronka Q, Raymond Wheeler III, Robert Crouch, Robert Stoffel, Sage Mode Q, Sam Handrick, Samsa Stormbomb, Sigma, Silent Consonant, S Snake 24, Stepan Hakobian, Stephen Thomason, T Beaks 15, The Banana Forklift Killer, Chum Nguyen, Valmar, Walker Hope, Rack, You Know Me, Zigazich, Anish Dor, Aaron Haney, Accounts Payable, Adam Henry, Alex Monaco, Alex AI, Alexander Irving, Andreas Risberg, Anthony Galvin, Antonio Coyne, Arthur Lau, Barry Tomasini, Bob Starling, Brian Foster, Briscoe Davis, Brittany Fuller, Bunny Chen, C.S. Lewis, Chase Caldwell, Chelsea Candy Coated Thorns, Chief Uhu, Christian Semniak, Christoph Fatui, Christopher Santis, Clay Roberts, Cody Westley, Corey Jackson, Corey Landega, Culinary Stud, Cyberboa, Damnable Nook, Dan Sebring, Daniel Wong, David Wilson, Delisi, DF, Edison S. Prada Jr., Eric Tobias, Espen Gotchman, Ethereal Ether, Fishflop, Forever Ender, Forest, Gabriel Aberg, Gabriel Smith, George Alexander, Glenn Olson, Graham, Gustav Strombaum, Hadi Ali, Helen Y, Hitman 47, Hugo Aguilar, Isun Chor, Ian Anderson, Ivan Swade, Jack Forrest, Jay Aldiar, Jameson Lapine, Jan Nicholas Frogshirt Tilk, JC3, Jeff ZOVGM Easton, Jeffrey Ruchtenwald, Gerald, Jeremy Ferris, Jesse Fish, Jesse Wilkison, Jethrin, Joey Din, John Gallagher, John McCullough, Jojo Denko, Jordan Ekman, Jordan Phillips, Joshua Vanswall, Julius Garcia, Junior Motomura, Carl Williams, Kevin Gillet, Leon Keyes, Linson Wu, Liam Ahern, 
Luis Ibarra, Lion Crown 19, Marcel Giru 017 Frolic, Marco Hernandez, Materia Addict, Matt Ferguson, Matt Karwaski, Matthew Holmes, Mazrim Tame, Megadet, Michael Clendenan, Miguel, Misuki 211, Mithers Strongbeard, Mr. Anarchy, Mr. Matati, Nefertiti Jenkins, Nicholas Johnson, Nycrypt, Nevi Sun, Ulf himself, Origachino, Pablo Rodriguez, Philip Higdon, Pojo TMC, RF Switch, Rafa David, Reed Johnson, Richard Ma, Rickard Enbaum, Ritz 1906, Russell Bateman, Salvers, Sam Sorensen, Samuel Copeland, Sean Pavlov, Sebastian Trier, Shauna M. Bowman, Sid Ragunadan, Seymour, Simon Anderson, Sneaky Gato, Splontot, Stovetop Sugar, Strikeout NZ, Soltab, Super 3D Cow, Taffy 9K, Tense George, Tim Strothman, Tim O'Keefe, TJ Sullivan, Toad Shadow, Toasty Soul, Tokyo Slim, Tony Knox, Travis Ng, Trevor Thomas, Tristan Howard, Trizac, Tuttle, Olton O'Connell, V8 Dave, Volker Bach, Wavy Chula, Willow Pingree, Wouter DeHaze, Zach Hardy.